Want to go see your favorite college or pro team? Go to TickSplits. TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. Use promo code WAR and save 5% off on all purchases at TickSplits.com or on the TickSplits app. That's promo code WAR, W-A-R-R, for 5% off on great seats to all of your favorite events. Remember, TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. That's TickSplits, T-I-X-V-L-I-T-Z.com. Visit today. Welcome to the special edition of Second City Sports, the Friday edition, right here, live in Eleven Color, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Hello, Miss Lakeem McGee, which is she. I am Cindy Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow your truly on the Twitter in the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S I D K I D A zero. That's S I D K I D A zero. You follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan Scott McGee on the IG. Make sure you download that Sports on Chicago app today. You want to know why? Because we said so. That's why. And mm -hmm. also, too, you can catch our other five live shows throughout the week. If you haven't to miss them, you can go back and watch them and listen to them at your own leisure. Make sure you download that Sports on Chicago app today. Also, make sure you follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, that's Sports on Chicago on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. If you want to catch the podcast version of Second City Sports, you could do so by subscribing to War on Anger. We are available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. Make sure you type this in your search engine boxes. Ready? On those podcast platforms, W-A-R-R -R on Anchor. W-A-R-R -R on Anchor. And you can follow War Media at W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, at War Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are unapologetically fun, and we have very different opinions. You have a question or comment for us, uh, do any of our topics on today's two-hour extravaganza, you can go to Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Our Facebook link is still down for some reason, but we are available on YouTube only today. So go to Sports on Chicago on YouTube, type in your questions and comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. But you decide to troll or do something stupid or try to pull a prank, uh, giving Lakina full permission to give you the beer lane beer boot. Bye-bye. Let's kick off this Friday edition of Second City Sports Lakina by discussing the long ball. Let's go to the Diamond. Well, the Chicago baseball teams, both the Cubs and the White Sox, are checking in with four and two records. The White Sox are looking hot despite their injuries. The Cubs are perhaps one of the surprise teams in Major League Baseball. Let's start out with the White Sox, Lakina. They took it on the chin yesterday by the score of five to one, uh, uh, six to one with the Seattle Mariners. Lakina. Uh, we talked about this before we started uh, broadcasting today. Yesterday's game was weird. And if you heard Steve bad. Stone during the beginning of that broadcast yesterday, he and Jason Bonetti both commented and said that it was very windy outside. It, uh, we could see some weird plays. And that's exactly what happened yesterday. Uh, the Seattle Manor's infielders ha had a couple of chances to catch um, fly balls out of the infield. Uh, it did not happen. It was, it was because of the wind. But the White Sox made some self 
uh, inflicting errors, in particular, Larry, not Larry Garcia, Garcia uh, had a couple of errors yesterday. He did have one uh, one play he where he got away with it, but the <laughs> other error was just not good. But Lakina, call me crazy. I'm not worried about what happened yesterday. Just throw it out the window. You start a three-game weekend series against the Tampa Bay Rays tonight. The, the White Sox, despite their injuries, have looked good so far. I was there on opening day uh, uh, on Tuesday. Uh, Luis Robert, I know many people have him as a potential MVP candidate. I'm still waiting to see that he, that young man has great talent. He was the reason why the Sox won that game on Tuesday. Of course, Wednesday, the White Sox came through in a light rainstorm uh, to beat the Seattle Mariners. I guess the baseball guys owed it to Seattle yesterday. But besides yesterday, I'm, I'm very happy where this White Sox team is at right now, uh, given officially one week of play. Yeah, I think they've looked really good so far. And, you know, such a, of that game, you're going to have those kind of games where weird things happen with the weather in this case and all other fluky things. So you kind of put that to the side. But look, I mean, the Mariners are one of the favorites to win the AL West. So I think the fact that the, if you're the if you're a White Sox fan and they win two out of three against them, I think you're feeling pretty good. Now, everyone's, everyone's stepped up, you know, have stepped up so far, even with the injuries. With you know some of your stars like Giolito and Mankata mm-hmm. and the others, so and also, <clears throat> excuse me, Lance Lynn. So yeah, I think that if you're if you're the Sox, I mean you, you'll take it. You're four and two right now. You're where you're, sh- you're you should be in your division. You're right there. You've got a really tough set against the Rays this weekend, who've looked really good so far as well. So we'll see. You know, this, this is more of like a litmus test, I guess. I don't you don't want to say that you're winning the second week of the season, but you know, like Tim Anderson. Looked really good, you know, so far. He finally kind of exercised those demons against Robbie Ray because he had not looked good so far against yeah. him in his career. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's definitely sort of one of those things where, like, you'll take this if you're the White Sox. It's just, so, you know, you, you look good and you just take it one series at a time and just, look, we'll see. Look, I, I think, look, if somehow the Sox lose, like, two out of three to the Rays this weekend, I, I don't think Sox fans should freak out, but – you know, just just sort of like take every series as it goes because you know weird things happen and look, you're gonna have the, the we'll talk about the pitching matchups in a little bit, but you know, so far so good if you're a, if you're a White Sox fan. Yeah, if you mentioned Tim Anderson, uh, he had, uh, he made his return to the lineup last Sunday at Detroit. His impact has been tremendous at the top of the lineup for the White Sox. So far, he has eight hits in four games with four, 14 total bases, along with his first home run on Wednesday in four RBI. He sets the tone for that top of that lineup. Uh, also, the other player that we talked about, Lakina, during our interview with Jordan Lazowski about a couple of weeks ago, Josh Harrison. He's filling in nicely for Johan Makata at third base. I know Jay Burgers has played there a couple of games too, but uh, once Johan Makata comes back healthy, uh, Josh Harrison moves back to his natural position at second base. Him and Tim Anderson is going to be a nice combo as far as uh, defense is concerned, potential of returning double plays. Now, H- Harrison struggled a little bit coming out uh, coming out of the game with his bat. I know he missed yesterday's game along with Eli due to injury, but Josh Harrison is going to be a nice addition for this team. I don't expect Josh Harrison to put up monster numbers for the Sox. It will be nice, but as I said before, I'm more concerned about his defense, and he's going to help Tim Anderson a lot who improved his defense last year. Also, too, Eloy actually caught the ball, caught a ball during you know that game on Wednesday. You read my mind. <laughs> I was like, ah, okay. He well, he had shades on, and it was like dreary outside. And then you also, you know, he also caught the ball. He didn't hit the wall. He didn't get hurt. Yay! So you know, I, I guess that's, a, I guess that's a good thing. So if you're if you're Eloy and you get a little bit like you, know, oh, you kind of 
you know, freak out a little bit when he gets, mm-hmm. you know, exposed. But again, I guess, you know, maybe every once in a while he'll actually won't, you know, be no harm done. But, you know, he did, look, he did well with some of the defenses. But also to Luis Robert, you know, looked, has looked mm-hmm. really good, you know, so far, especially in that series against the, the Mariners. And look, I think if you're, like I said, if you're a White Sox fan, you're kind of right there. Even with all the injuries, the fact that, you know, guys have stepped up, it shows how much depth this White Sox team has. Andrew Vaughn, I know a lot of people, are you know saying that maybe he should you know he should get traded at some Rick point? Rick told yeah. you no. <laughs> basically, he basically said that. Yeah, basically, it's kind of tell everybody that he wasn't going to do it. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, yeah, I mean, look, you know, if you're the you know, look the White Sox, you know, they've looked really good and going into this series against the Rays. You know, the Rays have looked really good this year. We'll get to the rest of baseball in a second, but you know, I'm. You know, yeah, Dylan Seas versus uh, Drew Rasmussen, and that should be a really good matchup as well. He had, you know, didn't have a good first start, Rasmussen did, and we'll see. And we saw what it, what Dylan Seas, you know, what Dylan Seas did, only gave up two hits and you know, three and eight strikeouts, I should say, in his uh, last start against the Tigers. So we'll again, we'll see. This should be a very interesting uh, matchup here, going through the matchups for this weekend for this series against the Rays. I mean. This is definitely, you know, this is going to be an Apple TV Plus, folks. <laughs> so tonight's you know, game, g- yeah. So this gets to tonight, and you know, you're not going to be able to find the game unless you, you know, do some, you know, maneuvering White Sox fans. I'm just, I'm just not that I'm, I'm not. I'm just asking. I'm just saying. But uh, <laughs> you're going to have to do. This is one of those Friday night games that are going to be on Apple. So you know, you're going to have to find other ways to, you know, to, you know, to sort of, you know, watch the game there. Now, Corey Kluber against Michael Kopech. That's tomorrow's matchup. That should be an interesting one as well. And Sunday's matchup, I, you know, my screen went blank here. Uh, you know, it's it's it'll be Mintz Velasquez versus, you know, they haven't decided. Um, Kevin Cash hasn't decided, you know, who's gonna be the, the pitcher there, but an interesting matchup there, you know, this weekend for the the White Sox and the Rays. Yeah, it's uh, on paper, it looks like it's a great opportunity to take two out of three if you're the Sox. That's what they did last year against Tampa Bay. Uh, right now, as we as we mentioned, uh, the Sox still has some injuries. Hope we see Eloy back in the lineup this weekend. He took a foul ball off his uh, his foot on on Wednesday. He missed yesterday's game. Uh, the White Sox, as we said before, uh, the offense going to have to carry this injury riddle pitching staff. Hope you get Giolito back within the next week or so. Lance so will not be back until the end of next month. And so, and Johnny Cueto, we still waiting on him. The White Sox signed him to a minor league deal before uh, the season kicked off last week. So the White Sox offense has really carried this team so far. You saw what they did on Wednesday. Uh, we on throw yesterday out the window. Uh, on on Tuesday, even though it was warm, it was cool uh, because the Sox do play on the lay front, folks. <laughs> I felt it in my bones, literally. But uh, the White Sox uh, ma- managed the uh, uh, the game uh, the way that the game was flowing, and so they squeaked down enough runs uh, to beat Seattle on their opening day. So the White Sox have. Uh, all things a uh, clicker right now. Uh, you could tell that this around this time last year, Lakina, the uh, this team was trying to find themselves. Of course, in the beginning of May, they really started to take off uh, due to the fact that the AL Central is bad and the White Sox were getting to um, um, getting into that chemistry, getting to that groove last year. This year, they, they're taking uh, they're taking no prisoners. I'm not going to sit here and say they're going to re- win the remainder of the games. That's not true, but uh, you could tell it's a, a sense of urgency with this team this year. Absolutely. So we'll see what happens during that series. That should be a fun one. You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Cindy Brown. I'm Lakina McGee. Let's go to the north side for a second, Sid. Um, 
The Cubs, I don't think anybody had the Cubs starting at four and two, but they did. They went two out of three against the Brewers, of course. They split their ser- they split their mini two gamer against the Pirates. They won last night's game against the Rockies. And look, Seiya Suzuki is taking the uh, the world by storm. You know, he has already had, I believe, like four four home runs. You know, in his first you know four home, four home runs and I think like about six <laughs> RBI so far. And a lot of people were picking him, and he seems to be adjusting pretty well. To, to that end now uh they look i think the cubs are sort of like you know they're not doing it sort of anything kind of new and out of the ordinary i mean their their pitching has been really really solid and and look i i feel you know keegan thompson had a really nice showing on yesterday's game at Coors field a lot of people thought that maybe he would get hit out of the out of the ballpark he wasn't mm-hmm. um you know five to two you know had a solid uh outing there everyone getting a lot of contributions from uh some you know, guys you know guys that you know you know you guys, the guys, you know, even Nick, you know, Nick Madrigals had a little bit of contribution there. All you White Sox fans remember him. <laughs> I mean, thanks Clint, a lot. <laughs> oh well, sorry about that. Uh, it's not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not doing it being malicious here. You're Sid, you know that. But uh, yeah, so so far so good. Frank Schwindel had a couple of RBIs in that game uh, yesterday. So they're getting some, they're getting some contributions from uh, from guys from all over, which is a good thing if you're a Cubs fan. Say ya, say ya. <laughs> Sorry. Um, as you mentioned, say Suzuki has come out of nowhere. Uh, he had, he, like you say, he homered again yesterday. He has three home runs on the season. Uh, to go along with his uh, 10 RBI and 17 total bases, uh, it looks like th- this young man is an early candidate for rookie of the year. I was talking to someone yesterday, and and uh, someone was telling me like he's too quote unquote old to win that award. And I said that well, it, age really doesn't matter. I know he got a late start playing uh, baseball over here in this country, but uh, it looks like Zaya Suzuki uh, is a uh, uh, just a couple to uh, major league pitching. Now we all know that the book on him will uh, will come soon about. But the adjustment is: Will Suzuki make the adjustment, and and we'll we'll see uh, in, in due time what's what's going to happen. But right now, the Cubs are just squeaking out, uh, squeaking out runs that just have enough offense to carry this thing through. And, and you see contributions from Ian Happ, and also too, like uh, like Lakina mentioned, uh, Nick Magical, the former White Sox player, uh, they're really doing well. And also Wilson Contreras, uh, their big uh, their big superstar at catcher right now. Yeah, he's averaging 308 with eight total bases, a home run in the RBI. His bat really got going toward the end of that series uh, against Pittsburgh on Wednesday in that 6-2 loss. But Wilson Gutierrez is a big guy in that lineup, and you have to look at what this Cubs team is doing. Can they keep it up? I'm not sure, but uh, you, you'll you'll start to you'll start to find out what this Cubs team is in the next coming days and weeks. Of course, their their series continues tonight against the Colorado Rockies. Uh, in in Coors Field, we'll we'll see how that goes. Now, going back to Wednesday's game against the Pittsburgh Pirates, Kyle Hendricks did not look good. The Pittsburgh Pirates jumped all over him early, and you can see that uh, the, his two starts so far this year has been a total contrast, night and day. He pitched in a cool uh, environment at Wrigley Field against a good Brewers team, and uh, he kind of settled down there a little bit after that after that shaky start, but. In the pits in the Pittsburgh game on Wednesday, he was just not there, and the Pirates got to him early. So, you you think that Kyle Hendricks uh, can get it going? We'll we'll see if he he can. He's a veteran, and he, uh, he's been there before. So, uh, struggle. I know he struggled last year, giving up 31 home runs total. But so far, uh, it's not the greatest of starts. But I wouldn't worry about him if you're a Cubs fan. Now, Marcus Stroman, who should pitch this weekend against the Rockies. 
Uh, he had three strikeouts uh, along with three walks in his start last his last start last Sunday against the Milwaukee Brewers, and Marcus Stroman can pile up innings as well as anybody in Major League Baseball. As as I mentioned, uh, he settled down against the Brewers uh, after the first couple of innings. He he really started to find his group. We'll see what happens this weekend uh, uh, in his next start against the Colorado Rockies. And we know that uh, with former Cub Chris Bryant on the on the other side now, the Rockies have been one of the surprising teams in Major League Baseball this year. So the Cubs got to him in the first of the four game series last night, and so we'll see what happens in that as that weekend series uh, continues for for the Chicago Cubs against the Rockies. You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. See Lakina here with you. Lakina, hopefully she'll she'll join me back in a um, matter of moments, so we have some technical issues. But your surely will carry uh, through on to this program as we discuss the rest of Major League Baseball. Uh, what happened from this past week, of course, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. for the Toronto Blue Jays. Them and the Yankees did battle in the Bronx for a four-game series. Both those teams split the four-game series. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. had the Major League Baseball's first three-home run game of the year. And uh, this I didn't know until, until I uh, rewatched the broadcast of it of that game from Wednesday. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is the first Toronto Blue Jays to have a, a three-home run game against the Yankees ever. Toronto's been really? playing Major League Baseball since 1977. And no Blue Jay has done that against the Yankees in, in one game. Hit three home runs in one game. That that was weird when I and sorry folks uh yeah I think Sid's singing kind of threw me off so I had to like step out for a second but uh <laughs> but uh yeah I mean look what what Vlad is doing is nothing short of remarkable I don't even think his, his I don't think his dad ever did that I don't think he ever when you know when he was playing yeah I don't think he ever you know did that against uh the Yankees so that's pretty cool that no Blue she has done that since you know since you know had in their history mm-hmm. so that that's actually pretty cool now. That was an interesting series so far. If you saw uh, yesterday's game, uh, Adolis Chapman couldn't really like hit anything. <laughs> he couldn't <laughs> he couldn't pitch anybody out. But you know they were able to give came in and sort of save the game for the Yankees, would actually end up being a safe situation, oddly enough. But look, nothing. It's sort of he's been doing has been you know incredible. So you got to come in for that. Also, too from uh, Stephen Kwan, what he's been doing said because. I think he just reached base again. Base again. <laughs> yep. Um, you know, this is sort of like, I think this is the first ever in the history of NLB. He reached, he has reached a base 18 times in five career games. That passes Jay Bruce <laughs> in 08 when he did it. So for the first time, you know, in his first five career games in live era, ball era and back in 1920. So what he's doing, mm-hmm. he's look so far, you know, look, I don't think he's going to be able to keep this up, but the fact that no, you know, he's done something that no one has done. I mean, that's sort of that's sort of remarkable. So we're getting all these weird things. Probably one. Of the, he's actually been one of the few bright spots from the Guardian so far. Yeah, and yeah, that that's yeah. So gotta give a shout out to what he's done as well. Oh, uh, the Oakland Athletics been are are on a kind of a hot streak. You could say, Lakina, they took three out of four in Tampa th- this mm-hmm. week after um, uh, avoid being swept last Sunday afternoon at Philadelphia, Oakland. Uh, has a record of four or three right now. They're half a game behind the Houston Astros uh, in the AL West. We know that it's early, but we've seen this movie before. Okay, <laughs> I was like, "What's the kid to do a roller that's right hand?" That's what I'm doing the motion here. We, we've seen this okay. movie before, and look, they get a hot, you know, hot start, and then you know, mm-hmm. as the season goes, you know, they get exposed, and then you know, they kind of fall back to earth. So this is probably what's going to happen here. But look, I think that's why that's why I always warn. That's why I'm warning White Sox fans, you know. 
Bill Raisman not being in a very good mood. So I would mm-hmm. say, <laughs> you know, watch out, you know, White Sox uh, to, to, uh, this weekend. So I'm, I'm just uh, saying, uh, look, I mean, it's sort of one of those things, you know, our pool host, you know, he, his first, you know, he became the fifth player in history to hit a home run at age 21 or younger and at age 42. Now he can't steal bases like he used to, but he can still <laughs> hit the ball. So he's been, you know, been doing that for St. Louis so far. Joins a pretty good list. You know, Ted Williams, Dan Musial, you know, Carl Yastrzewski and William McCovey. So that's not a, that's not a bad list. So to join. So that's pretty good. Uh, uh, the, the the Dodgers, I think, you know, the Dodgers are kind of like on a mission. You know, they just hammered Cincinnati nine to three last night. Um, you know, how did you feel about Clayton Kershaw being pulled in the middle of a perfect game? On I Tuesday? was actually watching. Yeah, I was actually watching that game live via this computer screen, <laughs> and I took a nap. But then when I woke up, uh, 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 the uh, what's his name, Joe, Joe Davis. I was watching the Dodgers Davis, broadcast. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. a uh, no, Clayton Kershaw's a no head guard. I said what? <laughs> and so I started tuning in, and then. Uh, the bottom of the, the eighth inning, he didn't come out. So um, Dodgers manager Dave Roberts uh, decided not to um, bring him out. He, Clayton Kershaw was looking good. Uh, he, he struck out 13 batters from the Twins. And I know that a lot of people want to blame it on uh, the uh, lack of uh, spring training action due to the lockout. Mm-hmm. And we, we said this before, a, a whole bunch of teams, every team is going to use the month of April, perhaps the first week or two in May as an extended version of spring training. I think that just Dave Roberts uh, making up his mind that he wants to save Kershaw. I know Kershaw's an older guy now. You brought him back for uh, th- uh, this year and this year only, but uh, you never know that that uh, that he, that Clayton Kershaw is going to get an- another opportunity uh, at this because these uh, come at a dime a dozen, let alone perfect games. I know uh, Kershaw had a no hit about like seven or eight years ago. So mm-hmm. it, it really happens to a person twice, uh, twice. Uh, go ask Nolan Ryan about that. He had to play in the league for about 25 damn years. So, right. So there you go on that. But I didn't like the des- decision, but uh, Dave Roberts, that's why he gets paid the big bucks and we don't. <laughs> so, but the Dodgers ended up winning the, winning the game. And, and maybe if that situation comes up again, will Dave Roberts uh, do it differently or will he st- uh, stick to his guns? We'll see. Only time will tell. Uh, yeah, could be very interesting. But you gotta think that he's—I don't want to say he's on the hot seat, but he's definitely kind of like in that in that front where people are going to be looking at him pretty closely, especially after what happened on Tuesday. So let's go through the series real quick. I know we're up against it, but it's a really good series coming up. I mean, of course, you know the Rays and the White Sox. Of course, Game One of that game. Remember, it will be on Apple TV Plus at six ten. So make sure you guys know that particular start. Um, Oakland and Toronto. Can Oakland keep up their streak? I know Toronto, you know, they split their su- series with the Yankees, so we'll see how that goes. San Francisco and Cleveland, that should be a, a, a that should be an interesting one too. Uh, St. Louis and Milwaukee. You know, the Cubs are in first place so far, so I'm sure they're going to be going to be you know, as the they, they finish up their series. With yeah, the Milwaukee won that opener yesterday. They did, so they continue their series. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Reds and the Dodgers, they continue their series as well. Atlanta and San Diego. Manny Machado last night said uh, he had uh, he was five for six with two stolen bases. He's the first Padres player with five hits and two stolen bases in a game. You got to go all the way back to the late great Tony Gwynn back in 1987. Also, too, they and Gary Richards are the only ones to do that for the franchise. So, so far, he's looked really good. And the Padres, if they can avoid injuries, that they'll, they could be up there with the Giants and the Dodgers for the NL West. 
Remember, Leakina, this time last year, San Diego was starting to take off, and they actually mm -hmm. took it to the Dodgers early. Yes, and, of did. course, after the All-Star break, losing to those bad teams like Arizona, Colorado, and then there was Oof. some infighting in that clubhouse. Uh, poof goes their playoff chances. But so far this year, they look good, but we'll see what, hap we'll see what happens. As you yes. always do, the little uh, circus. <laughs> what's that? Oh, what's it called? Uh, whatever the hell you do with your hands. A merry-go-round. Merry-go-round. Merry there you go. Or, Sorry, or, my brain's know, not roller working coaster, today. <laughs> roller coaster, roller coaster. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so also to Houston, Seattle, that should be a fun one there in the AL West. That's starting their weekend series. And uh, Atlanta and San Diego are going to get the uh, ESPN Sunday Night Baseball treatment. So at 6 o'clock, we're going to start the, the, the first pitch there. So uh, remember to start time, folks. And those are some of your some of the key uh, series to watch for this weekend in the MLB. On the flip side, we honor a living legend, and we also honor a past legend. We also have some sports media news and some nuggets and a whole lot more. You're listening to the Friday edition of Second City Sports. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. Listen to Sports Zone Chicago. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. NBA Thursday, the Bulls dropped their second straight, 126-109 the loss at New Orleans. The Bulls are 42-31 with the setback. Zach Levine led the scoring for Chicago with 39 points. Kobe White had 23. The Pelicans got 30 points from Devontae Graham, 25 from C.J. McCollum, and a double-double from Jonas Valanciunas. Up next for the Bulls, they'll try and snap the skid tomorrow night when they visit Cleveland. The Blackhawks put a two-game winning streak on the line tomorrow when they visit the Vegas Golden Knights. Chicago with a 4-3 win at Los Angeles yesterday. Alex DeBrincat had the shootout winner. Colin Delia made 43 saves through overtime in just his second start of the season. Spring training Thursday, the Angels beat the Cubs 5-4. Today, it'll be the Cubs taking on the Rockies. The Giants beat the White Sox 9-6. Today, the Sox will face the Mariners. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. I'm a speed bump. Did you hear what I said? I'm a speed bump. And if you have cut-rate car insurance, the cost to reattach your muffler could really be a bump in the road. So switch to Allstate, save money, and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Based on coverage and limits selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar and Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Welcome back to Second City Sports, the Friday edition, right here live in the Living Color on Sports Zone. Chicago, Sid Lakina here with you. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S I D K I D A 0. S I D K I D A 0. You can follow me at Kenny McGee on the Twitter and at Kenny Square McGee on the IG. Lakina, yours truly had the privilege of attending uh, his first Blackhawks game since December of 2019. 
Last night, it was Pat Foley night at the United Center as the Blackhawks defeated the San Jose Sharks 5-4 to in a shootout. But the main story was Pat Foley called his uh, last game for the Chicago Blackhawks. He's been with the Blackhawks organization from 1980 through uh, 2022, 39 seasons behind the mic, both TV and radio. He was born in Glenview, Illinois on December 24, 1954, uh, and he got his start at Michigan State University, uh, calling hockey and baseball games in 1977. He began his career also in Grand Rapids, Michigan, uh, announcing minor league hockey games. His father would take the recordings of Foley at uh, Grand Rapids Owls games and pass them along to Michael and brother Bill Wirtz, owner of the Chicago Blackhawks, the late Dollar Bill Wirtz. This secured Foley a position at, at the Blackhawks, and his first game was on October 19th, 1980. Foley worked for the Blackhawks as a play-by-play man from 1981 through 2006. Of course, uh, during that time, he worked with the Chicago Wolves from the 06-07 season through the 07-08 seasons, calling the games with Billy Garner, who he worked with previously his first go-around with the Blackhawks. Pat Foley returned to the Blackhawks in 2008 following the death of Dollar Bill Wirtz. He partnered with Eddie Olchek. And the Blackhawks, of course, announced uh, earlier this year that this would be fi- Foley's final season. We gave you the, our thoughts behind that. And uh, Pat Foley uh, called his last game last night. Pat Foley was the TV voice for the Blackhawks through uh, three Stanley Cup seasons with the 2010 team, 2013, and 2015 teams. Uh, Foley won four Emmy Awards in 1991, 2009, 2012, 2014, and 2015. And he was inducted into the Chicago Sports Hall of Fame in 2002. On April 19, 2013, NBC Sports Chicago honored Mr. Foley for his 30th season behind the mic with the Blackhawks. And in 2014, Foley received the Foster Hewitt Memorial Award and entered the Hockey Hall of Fame. And of course, three years ago, the National Sports Media Association named Foley uh, the Illinois Sports Broadcaster of the Year. Makina, as I tweeted out last night, uh, Pat Foley's voice is golden. He still hasn't lost a step. Uh, we remember some of his great calls. You mentioned the Marty Brenneman uh, uh, big save in the old North Division uh, divisional playoff series against the, the old Minnesota North Stars from back in the day, back in 85. And, of course, uh, one of my favorite calls was Patrick Kane's hat trick mm-hmm. on the old CSN Chicago broadcast back in 2009 in that famous playoff series against the Vancouver Canucks. And, of course, he's known for his great save, big save. Mm-hmm. said no. And, and he said and he said the, the favorite two words last night, Hawks win, Hawks win, as he, he was addressing the crowd. Lakina, the atmosphere was electric. And you kind of had that feeling uh, throughout the game that the Hawks were going to win. They almost did everything but, mm-hmm. <laughs> but secured uh, in regulation. But it was a special night, not to be uh, Debbie Downer, but I know the, w- the way this team has been playing all season, uh, they haven't given fans much hope. But I wish it was a sellout. And I know some people on Twitter, including our good friend Andy Mays there, WGN Radio, said that uh, the Hawks should have won the home, the old school home white uniforms last night. Yeah. Of course, that didn't happen. But in all in all, you know, it was a great night last night. Uh, it was, how fitting was that to uh, end the game in the shootout goal by Alex Dabrinkin? And then, of course, after the game, as I mentioned, Eddie O and Pat Foley addressed the crowd. And the Hawks usually give uh, uh, the salute to the fans after every victory at home. They stood there last night and turned to the TV booth and gave Foley uh, uh, a 
proper uh, send-off salute. Well, number one star of the game was uh, Mr. Pat Foley, yes. of course, Patrick Kane, and uh, Alice Brigger, who had that lone shootout goal. That was all the Hawks needed for that to seal that win against the Sharks. But, yeah, I mean, it's sort of, you know, we talked about it at nauseum, you know, through the last few months, you know, how it transpired and then such, you know, that, you know, we won't rehash it because it's this is all about Pat Foley now. Look, if you remember some of the other you know, various, you know, games, you know, Sid mentioned a lot of that, you know, the old sports channel and, you know, on the on the radio and such, you know, Troy Hawks Murray. Hawks Vision. Hawks Vision. The old Hawks Vision. <laughs> Pay-per-view channel. Folks? Oh, gosh. Okay. I mean, you know, remember that, folks? So, yeah, it, it's sort of <sighs> like, you know, one of those things where, you know, okay, we're, yeah, we're, we're really our ages now, folks. But, yeah, you know, just, just to, you know, to hear it. And, look, I tried not to cry. I think I cried almost a couple of times watching the game seeing everybody there it was unfortunate that it wasn't a sellout because i think that would have made the atmosphere even more electric mm-hmm. but you know it, it is what it is but uh I'm, I'm glad that they won <laughs> i'm glad that the hawks win because they haven't had much they had lost eight in a row prior to mm-hmm. that so i'm sure you know in the nighttime was a charm they were able to you know save the best for last there but uh yeah i mean look he's definitely a voice that will be missed and look at you i'm glad he got a chance to be a part of those three stanley cups I'm, you know, I'm, you know, very, you know, floored, you know, him and, you know, Eddie O had that great chemistry, mm-hmm. you know, Dale, Dale Talon was there as well. He's been in town yeah. the last few weeks, you know, you know helping with you know, the salute to Pat Foley. And yes, you can look at this and say, well, you know, the Hawks still have about seven games left, but again, you know, there's so certain parameters and, and whatnot, but, uh, Look, I think look, Chris Foster, like we've talked about it. Hopefully we can get him on we can get him on the show at some point. Look, I'm sure look, he's gonna do just fine. Look, I'm sure he'll he'll be okay. I think people are just saying, Oh, he's got big shoes. Look, let, let's give the guy a shot. I mean, he's been doing it for the last couple of years, you know, on and off. So he he knows, you know, he's he's got great credentials. He knows what to do, folks. So let's let's give him give him a little bit of time. But yeah, I mean, you know, the 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 Foley still, you know, Mr. Foley, I think he's definitely gonna be missing. I'm sure, I'm sure he'll they'll have him as an ambassador of Hawks will, because you know, this is sort of one of those things where he's, got, he's, you know, the great voice of, you know, a generation, you know, all our generation is especially. So he's yeah. definitely going to be, his calls are, will be, you know, live on forever. So I'm sure, look, he even said himself, he's still going to be around. I mean, he lives in the, in the area. So he's not going to, you know, you're not going to like not see him. I'm sure he's going to still go to Hawks games and whatnot. He's going to be on the golf course a lot. You know, they actually offered, as a cool retirement press, offer him to, uh, a trip to any of the four majors. So he'll get to go to, I don't know, maybe, maybe they next year, maybe he's probably going to want to go to Europe too, I'm sure for the, the open championship as, as well. So he'll have this cho- choice. So he's a big golfer too. So you're going to find him on the golf course and on the, uh, in, at the UC too. <laughs> Are you sure you didn't listen to the WG and radio post game show last night? <laughs> because <laughs> that's the same thing that um, John Whiteman said, that radio voice that I had a, a, a pleasure of meeting him and Troy Murray uh, both last night. And both of them will be on this program down the road. So stay tuned for that. Well, the John Whiteman said the same thing uh, that uh, Chris Voster says, yes, he's filling in uh, uh, for Pat Foley. He's filling in big shoes, but hopefully he'll be there for a long time. He's paid his dues. And you, you have to give young people an opportunity because uh, people that have those jobs now, they, were, they started out, out young mm-hmm. once uh, doing um, odd jobs. And look what we, uh, we've done so far, Lakina. You know, from, you, had to, you had to start from the bottom and work your way up to the top. And so Chris Vosters, like you say, he's going to be fine. I think he's going to do the game tomorrow in Nashville. I think and, so, yeah. And, and so uh, uh, the Hawks are, are in good hands in yeah, Pat Foley, a, a great career. Like you mentioned, he's a, a voice of a, a couple of generations, including ours. And his voice is golden, and his legacy will live on, will live on forever. Like you say, he's still going to be around. I'm sure 
they'll, they'll have him at next year's home opener yes. <laughs> at some point. You know, I'm sure you're gonna give him a a, a, a great speech and, and whatnot. So, Pat Foley, you know, a great career, and he will be missed now. Lakina, like you mentioned, I was at the game last night, and during after every break and after every timeout, they had uh, a, a few national and local announcers uh, mm -hmm. uh, giving their thanks to Pat Foley. Two names that that jumped out at me. I just started laughing at one of them, Doc Emmerich. <laughs> had a great tribute. I don't know. I think it, was, it circled around on social media last yeah, it night. Did. I saw. I saw so he was wearing his Pittsburgh hat, uh, Pirates yeah. because you know, he's from <laughs> Pittsburgh. So it yeah. was a great tribute that <laughs> he did. Funny. You know, he retired a couple years ago. But Joe Buck, who's now at ESPN ah, doing no, Monday Night Football, everybody <laughs> and their mama booed him last <laughs> night. <laughs> Come on, people, really? That's just silly. yeah. That that's silly. I mean, I, I I don't get that. I don't why he gets all the hate. But whatever. Go on, Sid. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just wanted to, to point that out. So I, <laughs> but uh, Pat Hughes, uh, the radio voice of the Cubs, uh, he did a, a tribute. John Bushiambi, your guy, uh, he did a video <laughs> tribute as well. So of course you have Brent Seabrook, Duncan Keith, John the Taves, and Patrick Kane, the members of the crew, Eddie O, and just uh, some of the other uh, um, members of the Blackhawks uh, had their tribute played throughout the game as well. So it was a great night. Uh, the Hawks. Finally played well. <laughs> yes. yeah, they did everything yeah. but give that game away against another, excuse me, another bad team in San Jose. But uh, it was how fitting that the, the Hawks won the game in the shootout last night. Just inching out every single minute of Pat mm -hmm. Foley's last game. Just wanted to make it longer, I think. I think they might yeah. like their plan. Like, yeah. let's, make it, let's, let's give them like a shootout win. Oh, like, okay, cool. So, actually, <laughs> you know. Working out, so uh, yeah, we'll see what happens, you know, on and off the ice for the Hawks. You know, like I said, we'll try to get some of the guys on at some point, but yeah, this it was a lot of fun. And uh, you know, NBC Sports Chicago did a great job, you know, with the tribute and whatnot, mm -hmm. with the pre and the post, you know, with Pat Foley, who another friend of the show. So, we'll, Pat Boyle, we'll, Pat Boyle, oh, Pat Foley, like I was, I, I got Foley on the brain here, folks. Uh, <laughs> you know, Pat, Pat Boyle, who we've had on the show, we've had him on the mm -hmm. show, uh, but yeah, it's it was like. It was very well done by the NBC Sports Chicago crew. Yes, uh, the, that should be commended on that. You listen to Second City Sports, the Friday edition, live at 11 Color, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Sid Lakina here with you. Uh, we will be uh, we will be remiss if we didn't mention that today is Jackie Robinson Day uh, mm -hmm. throughout Major League Baseball. Every team will wear. Uh, uniform, their uniform team's uniform wearing the number 42. Uh, Jackie Robinson was born Jack Roosevelt Robinson on January 31st, 1919. He passed away on October 24th, 1972. Um, Robinson broke the baseball color line when he started at first base for the Brooklyn Dodgers on April 15th, 1947. When the Dodgers signed Robinson, it hurled that the end of racial segregation in professional baseball that had regularly black players to the Negro League since the 1880s. Robinson was inducted into the Baseball's Hall of Fame in 1962. During his 10-year career, Robinson won the inaugural Rookie of the Year Award in 1947, was an all-star for six consecutive seasons from 1949 through 1954, and won the National League Most Valued Player Award in 1949, the first black player so honored. Robinson played in six World Series and contributed to the Dodgers' 1955 World Championship team. In 1997, MLB retired his uniform 42 across all major league teams, was the first professional athlete in any sport to be so honored. And MLB adopted a new tradition, Jackie Robinson Day, for the first time back in 2004. 
in which every player on every team wears number 42. Robinson's character you Robinson's character used his his use of nine violence and his talent challenged the traditional basis of segregation that had then marked many other aspects of American life. He influenced the culture and contributed significantly to the civil rights movement. Robinson also was the first black television analyst in MLB and the first black vice president of a major American corporation, chock full of nuts. In the 1960s, he helped establish the Freedom National Bank, an African-American owned financial institution based in Harlem, New York. After the, his death in 1972, Robinson was awarded the Congressional Gold Medal and the Presidential Medal of Freedom in recognition of his achievements on and off the field. Lakina, we just wanted to say from all of us at Sports of Chicago and Second City Sports in particular, thank you, Mr. Jackie Robinson. For those of you listening back on our replay at War Anchor on our podcast version, I, I have both my Jackie Robinson jerseys um, uh, hanging up um, behind me. Uh, of course, those of you watching on YouTube right now, you, you can see them have the black version. And, of course, I had the white version that I bought years ago. So uh, the first time I saw a Jackie Robinson jersey, of course, you remember the, the Spike Lee movie back in 1989, Do the Right Thing. Mm-hmm. The only thing I don't have is a pizza box and a high top fade. <laughs> Oh, you're on the way my machine there. But yeah, on a serious note, though, I mean, look, you know, he's, if you look, go, if you, you can't imagine what he went through with some of the, you mm-hmm. know, the threats that he had. And look, it was, it was a stressful time. And mm-hmm. the fact that he was able to be you able know, persevere and go through it, open the doors for, you know, for black players in, in the majors is sort of nothing short of incredible. I mean, he died in 1972. That's not that long after he broke the color barrier. So, mm-hmm. It, it was sort of one of those days where, and I'm glad that baseball, it took him a, a minute, but baseball finally, you know, is honoring him the way he should be, you know, doing this, you know, this day and having all the players in the majors wear their uni- wear his uniforms, well, his number, you know, in fact, you know, number mm-hmm. 42 and such. And I'm sure there's going to be different, you know, different uh, tributes all over uh, baseball today and tonight and, you know, on Friday since we're recording this. But yeah, I mean, look, it, but I think the problem is again. This is a, this is a topic for another time. But you know the lack of black players in the MLB. I mean, you have you know Tory Hunter's a part of you know sort of the brass and baseball to kind of try and change that. Mm-hmm. Curtis Granderson, you know, of course he has that field at USC named after him. But uh, mm-hmm. I think there's definitely going to be need to be like a lot of uh, things that need to be done to kind of get that number back. I think like these will be what five percent, like five or six percent mm-hmm. last year, you know, last couple of years. So uh, that number needs to change. But again. Even that's another that's another topic for another that's that's no discussion for another time. But you know this this time you know it's all about Jackie Robinson and all around baseball. And I'm glad you know he's still you know he's not you know at a time where people want to kind of do the whole like let's get rid of you know like the stuff of him yesterday. At least this is the one this is the one thing where I think okay we got to remember this because it, it was significant. Yeah, and also too he played for the Montreal Royals, uh, the minor league team, uh, before he was called up to the Brooklyn Dodgers in 1947. And he got arrested one time at home plate. Uh, even though he was allowed to play, he got arrested at home plate, which was crazy. But well, those are the times that we we lived we lived in back back then. And so his yeah, this day is significant not just in baseball history, but in um, American history as well. And for those of you, especially uh, younger than us, then then did not check out that movie. But I can't believe it's been nine years since that movie's been released. But um, uh, 42 starting the late great mm-hmm. chat with Bozeman. Please check that out. I know they changed some things around uh, just to sell it, but most of the stuff that happened uh, in that movie was true. So that was a great movie, 42, starting the late great Chadwick Boseman. So if you haven't get a chance to uh, uh, look at that movie, please check it out. You're listening to Second City Sports. 
Live in the Living Color, the Friday edition right here on Sports on Chicago. Silly Kina here with you. Let's get into our sports media nuggets while we have a few minutes left. Next hour, we're going to have our Chicago Bulls NBA playoff preview power hour. We have a, a, a great illustrious panel for you guys to help preview the Bulls Buck series along with the rest of the NBA playoffs in, in the final two playing tournament games tonight. So that's coming up next hour. Lakina, let's start off with some breaking news from the sports media world. Looks like Melissa Stark was a sideline reporter for Monday Night Football some years ago. She's been working at NFL Network for the last few years. It looks like NBC may uh, choose her as the new sideline reporter replacing the retired Michelle Tafoya. Yeah, I just saw that news earlier, about an hour ago before we went on. I was like, okay, interesting. So, because we all thought that maybe Catherine Taplin they were gonna be a promote from within, but look, she's mm -hmm. got some experience. Yeah, of course, Melissa Stark did for like six years, you know, for ABC and ESPN mm -hmm. for the Monday Night Football coverage. But this is according to Andrew Marshawn. So, you know, NBC has not officially. I guess it's gonna be made official. I think next week. So again, mm -hmm. after the Easter holiday, so we'll see what happens now. So she's been at NFL Network for I think the last like 15 years or so, and it'll be interesting to see it. I mean, look, you've got a whole new lineup here, and you know maybe they'll do a kind of an opposite thing. You know, we'll see once, especially once they have the Super Bowl and stuff, once a new NFL TV deal kicks in. But mm -hmm. yeah, I think this is you know in the end, I think they with someone who has the experience, you know, who has a track record, or who has done worked sidelines in the NFL consistently. So. You know, good for Melissa. It'll be great to, great to see her back on the sidelines. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be great to see her back on, on the sidelines. Let's go back to baseball. Of course, uh, we mentioned what the, tonight's White Sox-Tampa uh, game will be exclusively on Apple TV+. Plus With Apple TV and, of course, Peacock starting next month for the early Sunday uh, afternoon games. Uh, YouTube is back in the mix uh, for the third consecutive year, uh, for the fourth consecutive year, rather, Uh it, having exclusivity to these uh, midweek games from MLB. It will start on Thursday, May the 5th. Your crew will be Scott Braun, Yonder Alonzo, and Sierra Santos used to work here in Chicago. So they'll be your new uh, team from MLB Network on YouTube. And the schedule goes as follows. It will start Thursday, May the 5th, Washington at Colorado, May 11th, Milwaukee at Cincinnati, May 20th, Marquee Sports Network will have the day off because Arizona will travel to Chicago to take on the Cubs. Mm. So all you Cubs fans that don't have Marquee Network, you won't have to worry about it on Friday, May 20th. You can watch it for free on YouTube. Right, and I love the fact that it's going to be free, which is it's not going to be on YouTube TV. It's going to be on the main YouTube. So exactly. The only, thing you, only thing is you have to have a good, a good internet connection. That's all you need. Exactly. Uh, the rest of the schedule are as follows through the first half of the season. Uh, Wednesday, May 25th, Detroit and Minnesota. June 1st, Kansas City at Cleveland. June 8th, Toronto and Kansas City. And then June 15th, Minnesota at Seattle. So that's your, at least the first part of the schedule for the U, uh, YouTube schedule on MLB, MLB on YouTube. Yeah, sounds like, sounds good. Like I said before, at least in this case, the only thing you need is a good internet connection. You, know, you don't need a, you don't even need a Gmail account or anything like that. Anything like that. Just, you know, yeah, make sure you have YouTube, you'll know, either download on your phone or, you know, on the, on the mm -hmm. web. So, you know go for it you know so if like you said you know marquee network they're going to be off that day you know boog and jd so you know you can kind of just you have a chance to actually watch the game <laughs> yeah also to speaking of marquee sports real quick lakina have you been checking out some of their pre and post game yes, coverage? I, I know i know cole wright's been on there hopefully we can get him on this show at some point but uh cliff Floyd, who still uh, does <laughs> part-time work for mlb network he's been doing a heck of a he's job good. with rick Sutcliffe on mlb uh, on a uh, marquee they have a nice little rapport there, though, yeah. too. So, yeah, I, I really like them. I know, you know, 
you know, Cliff has been wanting to get into the television. I think he did it for like the Marlins for a couple yeah, of years mm-hmm. too before coming. You know, he wanted to you know, do it for the Cubs. So he guys, he's getting his wish this season. So yeah, I like the rapport that he and Sud have, and of course, you know, Cole Wright's done a great job. You know, of course, it's going to be like a rotating analyst thing. You know, throughout the season. So yeah, they actually do a really good job with their pre and post on, on Marky. I know people get a lot of flack for some of the production stuff, but this is actually the one thing you know among that that it actually is pretty good for uh, for Marky. Yep. And so the Cubs are on marquee and those Cub fans that can catch those games. Of course I can catch that channel because I get in on my cable system. They, they really do a great job over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, stay, uh, sticking with baseball, Lakina Peacock's MLB package will be branded as Sunday leadoff. Of course it'll, it'll kick off uh, Sunday, May the 8th. I believe that's the White Sox versus the Boston Red Sox. They mm-hmm. game only the first game will be simulcasted, not just on Peacock, but on the regular NBC channel as well. That helps too, I think. So mm-hmm. for all you not every game, Sox, but just that first game. Yeah. So I guess if you actually watch that game, you know, for all the White Sox fans that don't have the premium Peacock, remember it's not mm-hmm. going to be on the free one. It's going to be on the the premium Peacock uh, streaming service. So make sure to note that. And also too, those those games will be exclusive on Peacock. Uh, your local regional sports networks will not be able to broadcast those games. They'll be exclusively on Peacock. That's starting Sunday, May the 8th. The first game between Boston and Chicago will be simulcasted on NBC starting at uh, 10.30 a.m. local time. Ooh, sounds like a lot of fun. So, yeah, any other, like, sports media news that you want, or any other news in general before we do our uh, playoff power hour? Oh, yes. Uh, uh, here's one thing that's been on the brain. Uh, tomorrow, Saturday, USFL, I believe is on in prime time on both Fox and NBC. Are you looking forward to it? I might peek at it. I mean, you've got like a pretty, they got a, a pretty good uh, tandem of you know, folks that are going to be working uh, the game. So, yeah, I might check it out, of course. You know, this is going to be a very interesting because they tried, they tried it a couple of years ago, of course, with the pandemic and mm-hmm. such. So, you know, they weren't able to do that. They couldn't you know, do anything last year. So mm-hmm. you know, now they're back at it this year. And look, I think it's nice to have that, you know, that extra, you know, of course you got, you know, Jason Garrett's going to be doing the games also to Jack Collins were, you know, Mark Sanchez among others. So they, it, it's going to be very interesting. I, I feel like, you know, the inaugural season, you know, they'll kick off uh, tomorrow. As says said, you got 18 split up into two divisions. So it's going to be a should be interesting. I'm sure you know, folks, you know, Fox is really, you know, touting this and then NBC as well. You got Kern Minifee and Joel Clapp will be leading the, uh, the, the, the boot there for their side. So it'll be interesting mm-hmm. though. I, I think you might, you might see some familiar names. If anything, if any, if the USFL, which I doubt there could be anything like the old USFL from back in the day, that would be something. I don't know what's going to be like that now because times have changed, but, uh, I think that ESPN 30 for 30, who killed the USFL, of course, former president Donald Trump had something to do with that. We'll leave it at that. You can go look at that documentary yourself. But he had a whole lot of legends coming out the old USFL. Tom Thayer, of course, Mm -hmm. a radio voice of the Chicago Bears. He had the late, great Reggie White, Herschel Walker, Jim Kelly, a few other stars. Steve Young, yep. Thank you, Steve Young. Warren Moon, yep. Mm-hmm. Well, in his case, he he couldn't you know, get in the NFL. The right, he went to Canada had, as well. He had to go to but, Canada first, so yeah. But you had a whole lot of stars, and they were getting paid decent too. Because remember, the NFL were not paying folks a million nope. dollars back then; oh, they no. weren't. And so you don't have these ridiculous uh, long-term contracts for millions and millions of dollars like you do today. But uh, USFL was paying folks back then, and so mm-hmm. and of course it went to crap. It was almost just as popular as the NFL back then. The NFL w- wasn't as popular back then. 
outside the 85 Bears so like they are now. But uh, the USFL, you thought they were on their way to uh, great big things back then, but uh, go look parameters. at that 30 for 30 documentary. Yeah, a lot of parameters. There were a lot of yeah. parameters <laughs> kept that from happening. But uh, yeah, so if you guys have a chance, you know, if you want to, check it out. Oh, it'll start on uh, tomorrow. And uh, they've got the various games going on on Fox. Uh, I know USA Network has it because there's no NBC Sports you know, Network. but mm-hmm. And the big NBC will also have some games as well. So make sure you guys check your local, list- your local listings. Yes, uh, I believe the XFL will start next year because I think the Rockets, the commissioner, yes. the former pro wrestler. He, yeah, actually, was... the XFL before the the shutdown a couple of years ago actually wasn't that bad. No, it actually was doing well in the Rays too. Yeah, before, of course, like I said, the, the WWE home. was left out of it. Yeah, on, so like, the they, first it was time. all about oh. football. Yeah, so yeah. I know that's what I know. That's what people forget that Rock was actually a pretty good football player in Miami. So mm-hmm. yeah, so we'll we'll see. I mean, but yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be very interesting though. So. All right, Sid, you got hour number one in the books, hour number two coming up next. We got a great all-star panel to discuss the NBA playoffs, a big injury. Well, well, yeah, injury, you know, has May sideline and one team's chances to get into the main slot. We'll coach will preview the Bulls and the Bucks and other NBA you know, playoff, you know, sh- you know, predictions, you know, and everything else. So got a lot to do still with a great panel. With Sid, I'm the Kansas Second City Sports on SportsZone Chicago. Stay tuned for our NBA Playoff Power Hour. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the SportsZone Chicago. NBA Thursday, the Bulls dropped their second straight, 126-109 the loss at New Orleans. The Bulls are 42-31 with the setback. Zach Levine led the scoring for Chicago with 39 points. Kobe White had 23. The Pelicans got 30 points from Devontae Graham, 25 from C.J. McCollum, and a double-double from Jonas Valanciunas. Up next for the Bulls, they'll try and snap the skid tomorrow night when they visit Cleveland. The Blackhawks put a two-game winning streak on the line tomorrow when they visit the Vegas Golden Knights. Chicago with a 4-3 win at Los Angeles yesterday. Alex DeBrinkett had the shootout winner. Colin Delia made 43 saves through overtime in just his second start of the season. Spring training Thursday, the Angels beat the Cubs 5-4. Today, it'll be the Cubs taking on the Rockies. The Giants beat the White Sox 9-6. Today, the Sox will face the Mariners. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. I'm a speed bump. Did you hear what I said? I'm a speed bump. And if you have cut-rate car insurance, the cost to reattach your muffler could really be a bump in the road. So switch to Allstate, save money, and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Based on coverage and limits selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar & Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Welcome back to our number two at Second City Sports, the Friday edition. We're live in the Olympic Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Lakeem McGee, which is she. 
I am Cindy Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan McGee on the IG. Welcome to our to our Chicago Bulls NBA Playoff Preview Power Hour. It's all things basketball, all things NBA from the Chicago Bulls to the rest of the playoff field. And we'll give you our preview of the two playing tournament games that are, that are taking place tonight for the Eastern and Western Conferences. And we have an illustrious panel for you guys to, you know how we do it here on Second City Sports. We'll give you nothing but the real and nothing but the outrageous when it comes to uh, basketball coverage. And let's mm-hmm. introduce our panel, Lakina. I'll let you lead off. All right, y'all. Our, this is our buddy from War Media. He's doing some great things. He has his couple of his own shows, you know, covering NBA and college hoops and such. He is the one, the only, the very young, because he is you know, younger than us, so he's done a lot. <laughs> you don't boy. say. <laughs> yeah, Josh Hicks. Josh, welcome back. How are you? <laughs> What's up, Sam Kina? I appreciate the comment, the, the introduction. It was wonderful. I am young. But I'm trying to grow older. It'll get a little bit older. You see, it's the beard trying to come into the tad bit to look a little older. But <laughs> you know, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Glad to be back on the show, man. For real. Glad to have you back, uh, Sid. You you introduced our second uh guest. Uh, he used to be on the Locked On Bulls podcast and, of course, the uh, Bulls Outsiders of NBC Sports Chicago. Now he has taken his talents to the CHGO uh, All Chicago Sports Podcast Network. He is the co-host of the Chicago Bulls pre- and post-game shows for that uh, network, along with our good buddy, Big Mr. Big Dave Watson and Will Gottlieb. Here comes the president of Bulls Nation. <laughs> Everybody likes him from the Bulls na- fan perspective. He's a g- very good friend, Mr. Matt Pat. Matt, welcome back to the show. What's going on, everybody? Good to see y'all. Uh, you two really is what? It's the stash, bro. Hey, man. <laughs> as, as, as soon as the Bulls bow out of these playoffs, the stash is coming off. I promise you that. <laughs> oh, that's, your, oh, that's your playoff mustache. Okay, that's your that's your, uh, your playoff it was, mustache. It was my CHGO launch mustache because it just felt very Chicago sports fan thing to do. But, man, <laughs> summertime and the Bulls season ending, I'm ready to have my lip back. <laughs> yeah, you got that. Yeah. <laughs> he has that Fred Mercury, the late Fred Mercury from Queen mustache. Mm-hmm. Just perfectly lined up, right? Perfectly groomed. And you know, you can't you can't touch it. <laughs> he can touch it himself, just groom it just right. It's it's perfect visual view. Still got a little breakfast in there. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. On that note, you know, speaking of you know, Big Dave, uh we'll, well, hopefully he'll join us in a little bit. But we're going to get started because we got a lot to talk about in this hour, gentlemen. And uh, we'll start with the Bulls first, you know, since you know, we're our Chicago-based uh, show here. Now, going into their game, like, you know, their, their series, I should say, against the Bucks. Now, I'm seeing a lot of, you know, like, you know, heads down and, you know, just a little em- you know, emphaticness, I guess you could say, with uh, Bulls fans and, you know, with Bulls Twitter and everything else. Josh, I'll start with you. Do you think they have a shot against Milwaukee? You know, I explained this on my last show. It's like the cleaning products. You have the Lysol bottle, and it says it's 99.9% effective. It kills everything, including coronavirus. But you got that 0.1% that people that are hating on Lysol will say, see, that's proof that it's never fully effective. I got that 0.1% on the Bulls winning this series because of the fact 
that you don't have one person in particular that really helped steer this ship and driving the Bulls in the right direction, and that is Lonzo Ball. The loss of Lonzo Ball is so big for us that a lot of people may not even fully understand what he brings to the table. Lonzo Ball at one point was the top, from a roster perspective, the top perimeter defender. He was our point guard, Shavant, uh, when you talk about his ability to run an offense effectively, set people guys up effectively, the lead man on the fast break, setting guys up wonderfully. And he was the guy that, in the, in, at least in the beginning, when we was going through all the injuries and we was going through uh, the their uh, COVID outbreak and things of that sort, he was really the glue that kept it together because when Vooch wasn't hitting, when DeMar wasn't hitting, when Zach Levine wasn't hitting, who was that person that was the number four guy or go-to guy on that offense, especially since Kobe White was out at the time and we didn't see the real emergence of Ayo into what he is now? It was Lonzo Ball. And, him, and, and bringing that along with his, at the time, effective three-point shooting. I want to say he was at, at one point shooting between 35 40% from the three. Mm-hmm. That What he brought to the table really kept the Bulls afloat throughout everything they was going through. And, we, and as we have seen, since his departure, the Bulls have struggled mightily. Now, obviously, there's other players that play a role. P. Will being out, Alex Caruso being out, and, and injuries, Derek Jones being out. Injuries all over the place. We get all of that. But the one common denominator was the fact that when they were winning really great with DeMar doing his thing, and with DeMar having his MVP caliber season, Zach Levine being an all-star, Lonzo Ball was the, clue, was the glue to everything that the Bulls were doing. And now that that is gone, the Bulls are suffering. And I don't see how you don't have any – without any of that, you can compete with a three-headed monster and Giannis, Chris Middleton, and Drew Holiday, who specialize in everything combined that Lonzo brings to the table. I don't know if you, at the, from a Bulls, Bulls roster perspective, who we have that can help at least ease some of that pain as we try to try to compete in this year, especially as of the recent games, we've lost that competitive edge. It hasn't been there. And I just don't see how it can translate to where it is now without Lonzo Ball being in the, at the forefront of all this. Matt? I'm sorry, could you repeat the question? Do the Bulls have a chance? No, no, they don't. Um <laughs> 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 Look, I, I think I think I think Josh laid out uh, very well a lot of the context of this series we're about to watch and what's gone wrong for the Bulls in the final third of the season. But, you know, plain and simple, the Bucks have championship pedigree and an MVP. The Bulls don't. Uh, they have neither of those things. For a while earlier this season, they had a guy who was flirting with being in the top five in the MVP conversation because DeMar DeRozan kept winning them games and winning them games and having monster fourth quarters wild efficiency, breaking records that hadn't been set since Wilt Chamberlain. Um, And that's not the team we have anymore. It's just not. Uh, The the Bulls, you know, punched above their weight class for a while. And then they were, you know, not not even beating mediocre and subpar teams. So it was a crazy up and down season. They kind of ended up where I thought they'd end up, which was the fifth or sixth seed when when the season was just getting started. But... Uh, the the Bucks are the better team on both ends of the floor, and they have a much wider margin for error than the Bulls do. I, I hope I see the Bulls at least put up a fight. I'm I'm picking Bucks in five right now, um, assuming nothing wild changes between now and Sunday. But uh, but that's the way I see it, and I hate to be the bearer of bad news here. Um, but I just saw this come across my Twitter feed from Casey Johnson. Two of Billy Donovan's assistant coaches just tested positive for COVID. 
oh Chris God. Fleming and Damian Cotter. So um, it's uh, Donovan said that both coaches have just mild symptoms. Obviously, neither will be traveling with the team to Milwaukee, but you hope that neither of those assistant coaches just gave COVID to anybody on this Bulls roster because they can't afford to lose anybody if they want a, an outside shot at making this a series. All right, so we're going to have your co-host, Matt Wonder, co-host at C C H C H G O. Excuse me, I can't talk for some reason. Uh, you know, the one, the only, also the from the Bow on Sports as well. He is a big Dave Watson. What's up, Dave? Hello, friends. What's up? Uh, I, I, I know why you got <laughs> choked up because you saw me about to come on. You got a little choked up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I get it. I understand. I, I have that effect sometimes, you know what I mean? I appreciate it. <laughs> All right. So, well, piggybacking, piggybacking off what Matt said, uh, what do you think? Uh, do they have a shot, the Bulls, of winning, you know, or he's making it a series? Oh, that's two, that's two totally different. No, they don't have a shot to win this at all. No, they're dumb doing that. Um, to say they have a shot at a series, I'm leaning towards no, but I can hear an argument for yes, how you can fall into two wins. I don't see how you do it, but I can hear an argument for it. Um, I got them at going out in five, personally. Um, I think they can sneak one out uh, at home, you know, against the Bucks, or even in game one, our guy Will Gottlieb keeps, think, keeps telling us it might be game one that the Bulls may be able to steal one of these games because, you know, the Bucks pretty much come in like, you know, uh, Apollo did with Rocky and, you know, just kind of cocky about it, you know, just like, you know, yeah, whatever. I don't really have to train. I don't really have to do anything that, you know, I'll just come in and, you know, the Bulls have a puncher's chance of stealing a game from them in game one or something like that. But no, uh, realistically, I think Josh laid it out uh, the best. Like, you're, you're missing Lonzo. And they got three guys who are pretty much Lonzo times two. You know what I'm saying? So I don't really see how they can, you know, win this series or make it a series. But I'm hoping for one game. If they win one game, for me, that's the Eastern Conference Finals appearance for the Chicago Bulls. They win two games, that's the championship. That's that's really how I look at it in this first mm-hmm. round. So that would be yeah. so proud of you. Dude. <laughs> I'm going to be ecstatic. I'm going to be ecstatic if they win a game. Because, you know, I had them at a six seed. This is where I had them, at a six seed. And this is what being a six seed kind of looks like. Um for this year, I should say, for the Bulls. Uh, this is what it's going to kind of look like. You're going you're gonna to have to take this ass whooping. And when they take it, I want them to take it, learn from it, and come back next year and grow from it. Because this is the process of those kind of things. This is what it looks like, guys, when you're first time ever in the playoffs going against the defending champs. It just reminds me of when the Bulls played the Bucks during, like, Giannis's first season or two. And, you know, how the Bulls just pretty much, you know, mopped the floor with them in six games and got them out of here. Like Giannis took that, you know, and built on it and came back and you see the monster you have before you. And you know he hasn't forgotten that. So that's the other scary part <laughs> about this. Mm-hmm. He has not forgotten that at all. He wants to put something on it. But, you know, Matt, you know, putting the uh, the extra on there saying the two coaches testing for positive, testing positive for COVID. I mean, yeah, that that sucks. And he's right. You just hope that none of the players con- contracted it, you know, from those coaches. So it's going to be a pins and needles, honestly, from this day till tomorrow till Sunday to make sure everybody goes in, you know, pretty relatively healthy to Milwaukee. But yeah, to answer your question, I don't think they have a shot to win this series, but I can hear an argument that they have a chance to make it one. 
And speaking of experience, of course, the Milwaukee Bucks have more playoff experience as a roster than the Chicago Bulls. Of course, DeMar DeRozan leads the, um, the Bulls in playoff experience, followed by Trisha Thompson, I believe, Vucevic third. But some of the young guys will get the attention, like Patrick Williams and Kobe White, uh, especially given his struggles in recent weeks. I'll start with you, Matt. Oh, which of the young guys are you looking forward to for the Chicago Bulls to have an impact on this series? I mean – the, the the answer that I want to be the answer is Patrick Williams, just because we finally, towards the end of the season, saw him show a little bit more aggressively what he is actually capable of doing. And, and look, the you know, have having shut down, uh, you know, to get ready for their play-in game T Wolves that was the season finale wasn't exactly the same mm-hmm. thing as going up against this Bucks team. But at least in that game, he showed you his entire offensive arsenal and what he is capable of doing. But it was because he was option one on the offensive end. And through the first two seasons of his NBA career, one of which he missed almost entirely, he's been option four or five at best. So to me, it's even though we're going we're gonna to see a lot of DeMar and a lot of Zach and, and maybe also a, a good amount of Vooch in this series, when he is called upon to say, hey, we just passed out of this trap, or hey, we just swung it over you on the weak side, instead of just spotting up for a shot, can we see Pat put the ball on the floor, attack the basket, get to the free throw line like he did in that last regular season game to give this Bulls offense just a little bit of something new? Because other than that, what are you relying on? Io and Kobe hitting shots? I mean, like, I know Kobe had that one meaningless second half in the blowout against Charlotte, but other than that, I have lost a lot of faith in those guys hitting their shots recently. So give me Pat Williams as the potential wild card among among the crew of young guys. Joshua, about you, which one of the Bulls' young guns you're looking forward to watching in this series against the Bucks? I have to go with Kobe. And the reason and, and because of the fact that Kobe White is on he's on that Tito Titan fence. Like, you don't know if he's coming back next year or not. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so because of that, this is, even though obviously he's a young guy, this is his first playoff experience, this is in a way like a make or break type of opportunity for him. Because if he does not perform well, the Bulls can utilize this as, as part of their uh, portfolio on him to choose whether or not he's worthy of still staying on this roster. Because when if there's one thing that we do know, Secretly or not, our tourist producers and Mark Eversley are going to do what they can to, to do their due diligence and build in this roster in the way that it needs to be built. Mm-hmm. And they and they are not shy of being cutthroat with it. So yep. therefore, if if you're Kobe White and you want to stay here, you already had some ups, you already had some question marks heading into this season. You had some you had some bright moments because you were actually put in a position where we know you can actually thrive in, which is that six-man roll off the bench without having too much responsibility of running an offense, just focusing on scoring the ball. And and even though you were coming off an injury at one point, you have been inconsistent with that. And when the Bulls needed you the most, which is the, pretty much the second half of the stretch, you were in some ways MIA. So because of that, are you going to show up now, put your money where your mouth is, and actually – perform in a realm that gives the Bulls a chance to at least make this thing competitive and in a way save your own self in being in this and in, in being in the city of Chicago for this team. And with that with next year coming up and we're trying us trying to secure Zach long term, you're entering your fourth year of the seat of the, of the league where you have that where they have the team as an option to pick it up for you or not. They can look to get rid of you and 
you're uncertain right now. Your status is not solidified here long term. So if you're Kobe, you better play good in this series. Otherwise, you're going to have a lot of question marks heading into this offseason that the front office, as, the, as it appears right now, more than likely has already answered and it may not be in your favor. Dave? Uh, I agree with both those guys as far as the young guys are concerned who needs to step up. But the one guy I'm really looking at is Ayo. And I'm looking at him because Ayo, Ayo is like the sponge, you know, like he's the one that's asking a million questions and has been very proactive about, you know, trying to be better basketball player, trying to be the best one that he can and being in everybody's face and asking a million questions. And what can I do here? What can I do here? I remember the story when Bradley Beal, you know, showed him how to do a move during a game. And then he went and did it during that same game. And Bradley Beal was like, I ain't mean for you to do it now. <laughs> like, like, why you gonna pull it on me now? So it's that. So I like that. And I'm so interested in watching him against Drew Holiday because that's who I think of when I think of Io is Drew Holiday. You know, a guy that's solid offensively, great defensively, uh, can lead a team and has a real point guardsmanship about him. You know what I mean? Like makes everything calm around him and if they need a big shot he's the one to take it and they, they need somebody to take over in the fourth quarter he could be the one to do that on the offensive and defensive side he did that in the finals and on the defensive end you remember the alley to Giannis that that he did so he can do those things and I think Io playing against him he'll will only make him better you know he'll learn going against him now Drew Holiday was, you know, roasting him in that fourth quarter, you know, the last time <laughs> or the game previously when they played, where he dropped like 16 or 18 in the fourth on them, man. And I I just think those kind of things are good for a team that's clearly just learning in this first round. And Io is a guy who enjoys learning, and he's going to get a heck of a lesson. I promise you that. But <clears throat> doing Lakina right now. Get <laughs> 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 tripped up. Um, but yeah, he's he's the one I'm truly looking at because you know he has a real future out of you know he mentioned Kobe. I don't think Kobe has that future here, but out of those guys in the backcourt, he's definitely the one. All right, let's talk about the whole NBA spectrum here for a second. We're, we're talking to our illustrious panel talking Bulls and NBA playoff, you know. You know, power hour here on Sports Zone Chicago, the second city sports with Josh Hicks, Matt Peck, Big Dave Watson, Sydney Brown, I'm Lakina McGee. Now, real quick, you know, who you guys are you are you guys picking for these eight seed play-in games? The winner of these games will play the number one seed, the winner on the West, you know, the east side, I should say. I'll start with that one. Atlanta and Cleveland. Excuse me, they'll play Miami and New Orleans and the Clippers. The winner of that game will play the number one seed. Phoenix Suns. Who do you guys? Who do you guys have winning these two games? Dave, I'll start with you. All right, tell, tell me though. Tell me that matchup again. You got Atlanta and Cleveland. That's the uh, the playing eighth, and you got, got the Pelicans and the Clippers. That's the eighth. You know, for right, the I got I got Atlanta winning that one. Uh, it'd be cool to see Cleveland win it, honestly. But I think Atlanta. I got Atlanta. I'll just say that I got Atlanta. Trey Young is otherworldly. He's he's excellent basketball player, and their team is really deep. And and watching um. God, I can't remember. Hunter, watching Hunter actually perform, you know, for the team in the last play-in game, you know, dropped 16 points in that third quarter. That, that was huge. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So if he's doing that, you're, you're not beating him. Like, it's really that simple. Uh, the Pelicans and the Clippers, I think it's going to be closer than some people think. I know they won't be without Paul George, but the Clippers have been without Paul George all season. Like, that's the reason they're even at this point, in, you know, 
in the play-in is because they played well all season. Tyron Lue is a completely incredible coach. That dude can coach. So I think it'll be closer. And, yeah, I'll pick the Clippers. Like, why not? I'll, I'll pick the Clippers. I'll say they'll be the ones to get this victory. Um, I mean, the Pelicans have been amazing, what C.J. McCollum's been able to bring to that team. And it makes you just excited to actually see them next year when Zion actually gets healthy because they'll have an actual core with Ingram, you know, McCollum, and him, you know what I'm saying? And uh, what the creative players they have on the team and the dude who looks like Denzel Valentine's nephew that I don't know. So <laughs> yeah, all them people that they got. So yeah, them two, they got a couple 2K creative players on their squad. I just don't know yet, but they're a good basketball team. Man. And But yeah, I'm going to go ahead and pick uh, the Clippers in that one. Um, as far as the first, they'll play the Heat. So Atlanta yep. will play the Heat in the first mm-hmm. round. I mean, you know, everything in me wants to hate and say the Heat will lose, but you know, I'll say I'll leave that to Matt. <laughs> but I'll say, uh, I'll say the Heat you know, take that one because you know they're just an excellent team. And I mean, the Suns, <laughs> come on, like they're just otherworldly right now. Matt, I really want to pick the Cavs in this nine ten East game. Um, and and also, you know, we just heard about an hour or so ago. Um, that Jared Allen's going to give it a go tonight. He's at least going to wow. participate in uh, pregame warmups and see if he mm. can play. You know, he's been out for a while now, and his absence has certainly been a part of the Cavs' nosedive at the end of the season that kind of mirrored mm-hmm. the Bulls' nosedive. Um, I like, and look, the Cavs put up a fight against that Brooklyn team the other night. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I don't know, maybe that says more about Brooklyn than it does about Cleveland, but they, anytime you thought that the Nets put them away for good, the Cavs kept coming back. And mm-hmm. so, like, while clearly you say that Atlanta has the best player in this game with Trey Young, mm-hmm. I, I think it's going to be close, and I would not be surprised to see the Cavs pull it out. Um, as for the nine ten game in the in the West, look, I mean, yes, Dave is right in the fact that the Clips pretty much learned how to play without Paul George for most of this season, but then they got him back, and he was Paul George. Like he mm-hmm. he had what like thirty four in his debut game after coming on the injury that was like the, yeah. the game before the Bulls and Clips game towards mm-hmm. the end of the season he mm-hmm. had a monster game um, in their losing effort against Minnesota in in the seven eight matchup I think they are going to miss him now that he has also been placed in protocols uh, and will miss tonight's game and that Pell's team just has swagger right now I don't get it I don't like it. Jose Alvarado can go to hell for that bullshit. That's Denzel's nephew right there. But man, that, that Pell's team is playing some inspired basketball right now. And even before the final couple of minutes of that Clips-Wolves game when the Wolves kind of came back from a deficit and took control of that lead, everybody on that Clips team were hanging their heads. They were hanging their heads, and it was a four-point game with a minute and a half left. Like, that Clippers team, to me, I think, was ready for this season to be over. And then they got the news that Paul George can't play tonight. I, I mm. Give me the give me the Pels. Mm. You think either one of them can upset the number, either of the one seeds? Would love would like they've said, I would love to say, oh, yeah, like, give me, give me the Cleveland or Atlanta against Miami. No. No. And the Suns. Is it possible to sweep a, a team in two games in a best of seven series? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Josh. <laughs> yeah, you got to go with Atlanta. Uh, not just because of 
I love what Cleveland has done. Definitely got to give props to uh, the emergence of Darius Garland and that core, but also to the coaching of J.B. Bickerstaff, the way he put that program, mm-hmm. that, uh, that team together all, mm-hmm. all, all season long. It's incredible. But Trey Young is Trey Young for a reason. He's one of the only people that's averaging, what, 20, 20 almost 30 points and 10-plus assists in a season. Yep. That's quietly going unnoticed right now. <laughs> so <laughs> that, that, for that to be going on. And the fact that for me, I think Atlanta ha- Atlanta's experience with what they went through last season, um, going through what they did against uh, Brooklyn. I mean, not Brooklyn, uh, New York, the Knicks, um, and everything. That playoff exposure they got that they uh, they got last season, mm-hmm. it's going to help them for this um, and against an experienced Cleveland Cavaliers team. So you got. I'm going to give the experienced edge to Trey Young and the Atlanta Hawks for that. And I agree with Matt. I think the Pels going to take this one. It's going to be close. I think it's going to be a close game. Without having Paul George playing, it's a huge uh, – it's going to be a huge uh, advantage to, to the Pelicans. And on top of that, who's your go-to when you need a bucket down down in the final two minutes of a game? C.J. McCollum has proven time and time again he is that dude. Mm-hmm. And, um, and because of that, having that on your team next to a Brandon Ingram who has emerged to be the heck of an all-star that he has become – you can't turn that down with the, with the way it's against the Clippers and how they're going out. Plus, you got to get credit to Willie Green. That's a heck of a coach over there, too, mm-hmm. um, to keep the Pelicans afloat and to bring it up even to a playing where at one point in the season we thought that was a non-existent idea. Mm-hmm. So you got to give that credit to him as well and how he's been able to work with C.J. McCollum to help put the roster in the position to be where they are now. But it's going to go – I think it's going to go down to the wire, and it's going to matter. It's going to be matter about who executes offensively. You the best person to do that right now on that court without Paul George is CJ McCollum, and that's what the Pelicans have. So I'm going with the Pelicans on that. And just like Matt, you might as well just give the broom extra sweet. I don't know if they need an extra. Uh, you want to pay them extra, you know, extra money to help clean, make that sweep a little quicker. But <laughs> that broom is that broom is quite fair for both parties on both sides of the of the of the conference. You know, both. Sorry for the ace for those, those final spots, but they're gonna get they're gonna get waxed on both ends for sure. Atlanta's winning the game, baby. <laughs> they winning the game. Maybe I gotta one. let some hate out. I gotta let Maybe some hate one. out. <laughs> Maybe one. I, I gotta let a little hate out. I ain't about to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like our, our girl Lana doesn't watch this. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was thinking she was going to be on this, and I was not not in the mood to hear her talk about how the Heat are going to go back to the finals. Which I don't. Which I when don't think are they you are in the mood? Directly. When are you in the mood to hear that? Never, like, never, never. Never. <laughs> never, never. Thank you, thank you, <laughs> Sid. Uh, uh, as far as tonight's games, I'm going with Cleveland uh, in a slight upset over Atlanta, and then uh, I'm going with the Clippers. As a, a couple of you guys mentioned that. The Clippers have played without Paul George and Kawhi Leonard all year long, uh, so it's not it's not going to be anything new tonight. I think both games are going to be closer than than what people anticipate, but I do have both home teams tonight. As far as the the winners of tonight's games upsetting the top one seeds, no way, no way. One of those teams may get a game, but that's about it. But both those number one seeds in Miami and Phoenix should move on. Um, before we move on to preview the rest of the playoff field, <laughs> I want to get you guys' thoughts on this. The Los Angeles Lakers finished a, a 
finished the season at 33 and 49. LeBron James uh, talked to the media earlier this week, saying that he didn't know anything about Frank Vogel's firing, firing which is garbage. Uh, some some people think that G and Rob Palinka should get his link card and pink slip like yours truly, but I don't know. If that's going to happen. It looks like Russell Westbrook is going to get the boot. I'll start with you, Matt. What do you think oh, happens Lord. to the Lakers this all season? Uh-oh. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Oh Lord. I mean, what do I think happens? Yeah. Who knows? Not my chair, not my problem. Uh, like, <laughs> I, I, I predicted that this Lakers season will be a disaster piece when they put that roster together. And, oh, my gosh. The amount of people who had just saved that LeBron tweet about, you know, at the beginning of the season, like, oh, y'all y'all go ahead and talk your shit, talk your shit. This, yeah. My team's this, my team's too that, too old, bad fit. But keep that same energy once the season gets going. And, Every every Lakers hater out there, every LeBron hater out there, who when they were officially eliminated from playing contention, got to just put that tweet of his up there and just go, oh, oh what what was it? I'm sorry, what was that? Oh, <laughs> oh, you didn't make the play in? Oh, this is this is largely on you because you assembled this roster. You could have had Demar Derozan and instead 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 said no, give me Russell Westbrook. <laughs> who everybody who has watched a shred of NBA basketball would know be a horrible fit next to LeBron James. <laughs> I love every little piece of it. I don't know what they're going to go do from here. That 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 Lakers like cupboard is bare when you talk about mm-hmm. tradable assets that they have. Good luck. Not my problem. Good luck. <laughs> oh, that note. That's how you want to feel, Matt. Uh, Josh. Oh, man. Uh, it's tough. I think you don't know where you're going to go unless you get the right coach involved. Um, they got to figure out the right person to replace Frank Vogel, who I believe became their scapegoat. It's so much bigger. Mm-hmm than just Frank Vogel with the whole Because not to mention, this man definitely just won a title, what, 18 months ago mm-hmm. with your squad. So don't sit here and act like he's not a good coach. Um, he's solidified that, and he's solidified that it works with them. Your biggest problems with that, from a Lakers perspective, your biggest problems were two things. Injuries. You have, you have Anthony Davis that can stay healthy. You wanted to base your offense around him, and that failed. So LeBron went to go hero ball, and Russell Russell just had a down year. And because Westbrook had that down year, what are you going to what What do you do? Um, you're not going to be able to do much with anything with that. So I think once you solidify the coach, who for me personally, I think it should be Phil Handy, who's already on the roster for the Lakers. I think he should be the one to take over those reins. Um, but neither here, neither here nor there. Once you solidify that, then you figure out what your roster is going to be. But I don't see Lakers doing much of anything, to be honest with you. Um, because of the fact that they still got, I don't think anyone's gonna want to trade for that Westbrook contract. He's about to get almost fifty million next year. Anybody gonna trade? No one's gonna trade for that. He already saw it. You already had a down down year. See, yeah, but but it's it's gonna be an expiring. It's the last year of that mm-hmm. contract next season. Mm-hmm. And if he's already been traded on that very same contract three times when it wasn't mm-hmm. an expiring, mm-hmm. dude, that we learned the opposite. You could trade <clears throat> Russell that terrible contract, and you could trade it eight times a day. Apparently. I mean, you can technically, but from the, from what he means to the table per se and how he played this year, I don't know if anyone's going to be will, be willing to want to eat up this type of contract unless you're MJ, which you're already bad at putting teams together anyways. You might just do that too. Who knows? But at the end of the day, I don't know because of the fact that 
um, from what I've been told with that situation, since LeBron was the one that brought Westbrook in there and he wanted Westbrook there, I would assume they're going to give this one more go around. And if they give this the one another go around with the key player of Anthony Davis being uh, the, the center of all that, I think that's how I think that's how they're going to go. And if they're going to go that route and maintain the roster, you got to get the right coach. And I think the right coach is already in their midst. But who knows? They said they're going to do this search throughout the playoffs. They want to see if any big time players or a big time coaches can be available. I get it. You know, it's the city of the city of Los Angeles. You want to pick the biggest and the best of the best. But sometimes the best is right in your household. You got to look within what's what's within you. So I don't know what's going to happen. Those, that's what I think should happen. But it's the Lakers. It's the city of L. It's the city of angels. You know, it's celebrity nation. You never know what they're going to do. They're going to find something. They're going to try to make a big splash somewhere. But it might be nice to look within what already got in your household. Dave, hey, let me do let me do something real quick. Hey, hey, Matt, hey, how do you feel about uh Mark Jackson's name being attached to the Lakers? Oh well, thank you for asking, Dave. <laughs> I, would, I would love to see that awful coach thrown into this shit show dumpster fire of an organization. That's the only way that this can get more messing with Mark is if they throw Mark Jackson to the Wolves and watch him crash and burn trying to coach that team give it to me i want it i need it <laughs> hands right. down no. hand down yes, yes. <laughs> also josh you think about it, well you know lebron's the one who wanted russ here so they'll probably give it another go because he picked him as his teammate since when does lebron show allegiance to any teammate ever in his nba career that guy decides at the drop of a hat, oh, I don't like you anymore. Trade this guy. We've <laughs> seen it dozens of times over. Give me yeah. that guy. Just kidding. I don't like him. Get him out of here. That is LeBron's entire NBA career, picking teammates. Yeah, that's kind of what I was going to say when Josh said making Frank Vogel the scapegoat. I'm like, Bron kind of does that with every coach. <laughs> you know what I mean? they, they, he makes them the scapegoat and then gets them out of there. And I'm not saying it's been wrong all the time because usually when he gets rid of the coach, you know, he's still a winner. You know what I mean? I get that. But, yeah, it's going to be on the coach, usually, when it comes to a LeBron team. Um, I'll echo the answer that everybody else has. I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know what they do. You know what I mean? Like, they they are up against the wall, man. Um, I mean, I would I honestly wouldn't be surprised if I saw Anthony Davis, like, even get traded or them inquire and listen to deals about, you know, trading him for, you know, just more assets because you can get a ton for him. Um, so I think that would be interesting, but listen, you remember coming into the season, I mean, this is two MVPs and what four players on the top 75 mm -hmm. on this team. Mm -hmm. And before it was, Oh, who's beating this team? Nobody. This team is incredible. And now it's, well, you know, this team is too old. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, nah, man, <laughs> no, no, no. You thought everybody, well, the majority of people thought that this team would go far. I'm a firm believer that I never think LeBron isn't making the playoffs until I see it. I got to see it, you know, for, to, for me to believe LeBron James ain't going to the playoffs. That was a complete shock to me. Like, he's not going to the playoffs? Wow. I've seen him drag a bunch of trash to the playoffs before, at least just to get there. And the fact that he had all that behind him and it didn't work. And it says a lot because everybody likes to give him the praise as far as being the GM with how teams are constructed because of, you know, how it's put together. His team was not constructed very well. Like like Matt said, from the moment we saw Russell Westbrook there, I was like, how is that going to go? He needs the basketball. Like, And he likes having the basketball. And he's never 
than one to give up the basketball. So that's going to be very interesting, you know, and we saw it played out kind of how it was supposed to play out. Um, it's just not going to work with those two forces trying to come together. We'll see. They'll have to try it again next year because I don't see what they can really give up or what team is going to want to trade, you know, for Russell Westbrook, maybe a team like Houston, you know, might be able to get away with that with all the assets they have, you know, in the space they have, they might mm-hmm. get that. Cause I know the Lakers might be okay with getting a guy like John wall or something. They might be cool with that, but outside of that, man, mm, didn't we, didn't I, I we mean, already do phase Westbrook and Houston? What is this? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> be chapter two. Listen, he's going to end up back in OKC. So just get oh, ready yeah. for that. Oh yeah. Just get- <laughs> end up right back there and retire. That is what's going yes, to happen. Probably. I'm telling you. That's what's going to happen, man. Nah, dude, he's, he's, he's going to the, he's going to the Shanghai Sharks. okay on that note uh let's talk about you know actual playoff stuff here folks um you know some really good matchups you got you know sixers against toronto some people already say that toronto might pull off an upset there uh you got yeah boston and brooklyn you know a lot of people are already you know especially with michael williams we'll know we don't know how you know what his status is for this series so Josh, I'll start with you. Any potential upsets between you know, among those matchups? Woo. Uh, yeah, good question. Um, I think for me, the the biggest one probably is going to be Toronto and Philly, just because of the fact that you're not gonna have Matisse Thybulle can't play half a series because mm-hmm. of Toronto's uh, COVID protocols, mm-hmm. and um, and on which leaves you know, the, your best perimeter defender out out of the lineup. Uh, between Pascal Siakam and Fred Flanfleet and what they got going on over there in Toronto, the emergence of Scotty Barnes, mm. it's not hard to, uh, to, to stop that without your best perimeter defender. Mm-hmm. And on top of all of that, James Harden hasn't been himself lately. Uh, they're still working out those chemistry uh, kings. Yes, you have MVP candidate, or at least my MVP candidate, and Joel Embiid. Uh, running the show, but if, if if your sidekick ain't hidden, then you're pretty much that de- the mission's gonna die. Um, you will mm-hmm. fail, and, and and that's how the how it works in the NBA. So if James Harden ain't hidden, then I can't see how Philadelphia can overcome uh, those discrepancies against a very disciplined, fundamentally sound Toronto Raptors team behind the coaching of Nick Nurse. That's and and I, and much as I love Doc Rivers, May Woodian. You know, 708, I messed with you, bro. You know, that's mm-hmm. connected to me, Proviso East, that runs in my family. So, you know, mm-hmm. there's love there. There's real love. <laughs> God, man, he might get his ass kicked, but when we talk about coaching against Nick Nurse, because Nick Nurse <laughs> is a genius, yeah, yeah. a genius mm-hmm. head coach. And Doc Rivers has been known to not play his best cards when he needs to play his cards. And because of that, with that combined as well, I don't see how. Um, this Philadelphia 76ers team can stay afloat and win this thing, win this series against Toronto when all of those factors are are going against them right now. Dave? Hmm. <laughs> Sorry, when you said play your cards, all I kept thinking was, if you play your cards right. I love music, excuse me. Um, yeah, I, I, I completely agree with what he said about uh, Philly uh, and Toronto. That Philly team is like 50% almost implosion. You know what I mean? Like they're half of the way to like imploding. And 
honestly, if they don't get out the first round, Doc Rivers, I this is me personally, he's going to the he's going to the Lakers. That's that's my opinion. If he doesn't get out of it, he's going to the Lakers, man. Um, because they don't want him. They want to bring in uh God, what was uh Harden's coach in Houston? Mike D'Antoni. Mike D'Antoni. Thank you. They want I think they want to bring in D'Antoni anyway and just do what they were doing in Houston again. Um, and you know, Harden is just hard to believe in in the playoffs. You know, I haven't seen it. You know, I want to, but I just simply have not seen it. I've seen too many examples of him just coming up short, even the last playoffs. And granted, he was hurt. We get that. But you were out there. And in game seven, you know, they needed you. And mm-hmm, it, it wasn't on him. You know what I mean? He had a really tough one out there. So I can I can definitely see that happen. Uh, the one I'm definitely looking at, though, uh, is the 3-6 matchup in the West. Like that Warriors-Nuggets uh, matchup. I think mm-hmm. it's going to be, honestly, I think that's going to be really, really interesting. Only because I don't think the Warriors are fully healthy. And, you know, having a okay, semi-healthy Steph, Klay Thompson still kind of working things out. Draymond Green, you know, I think he's ready to go. But, you know, he, he took a lot of time, you know what I'm saying, to get back. And outside of them, it's going to be a first-time appearance for a lot of those guys on that roster. Um, I think guys like Gary Payton Jr., Gary Payton uh, the second, you know, and people like that. and. And Wiseman, even though Wiseman's not there, but you know, just thinking about those kind of guys, it's going to be interesting. And and Jokic, you know, who has just been otherworldly, <laughs> you know, what I'm saying mm-hmm. this season with what he's done with that team, to know his team that well, you know what I'm saying, and know what everybody can and can't do, and where everybody needs to be, and how, what everybody can, who needs to shoot where and where they need the ball and how they need it and when to take over. Like he knows the ins and outs of his basketball team, man. So. And he can arguably be the best player on the floor at many times. And I think that's going to be real interesting uh, going up against the Warriors, man, to, to watch that game and see see how that plays out. So I'm looking forward to that one. I wouldn't be surprised if the Nuggets um, get that upset in that one. I honestly wouldn't. And that's, that's going to be interesting for me to watch. Has Minnesota uh, have a parade already before their series against uh, Memphis? <laughs> Like what? 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 What was? That? Look, what they ain't won that? in like eighty-five years, though. Like, I, it's hard. Like, <laughs> when they say game, when they though. say act like you went, act like you've been there before. How can they? They, 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 they what do they know? What do they know? That wasn't even a playoff game, though. That was just to to I advance to. No, that, trust that me, Lakina. Playing, we are the champions. You're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. One shining moment, playing. Right. Like, I, 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 trust me. I feel you. I feel you. I agree with you. But man, that they they do not know winning. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I, they acting like they acting like they've been starving and they just got a steak and and that's how they're acting. You know what I'm saying? Like they've never eaten before because they haven't. So, but I agree with you, man. So imagine if they win one game at home. What's that's oh, gonna look like? You know what I mean? It's going to be insane. It's going to go down in Paisley Park. Are you kidding me? Matt? Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely on board with what Josh and Dave uh, said about rap Sixers. Like, if if you want to call a five, you know, beating a four an upset, that's certainly the most likely one, it seems to me, for all the reasons they mentioned. Um, the, The Raptors' length collectively can give Harden all kinds of trouble guarding him on the perimeter, not letting him get to his spots on the floor. Um, and then, you know, on, on a very short list of people in this league who could potentially sh- slow down Joel Embiid, Pascal Siakam is definitely on that list. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and also, as Josh said, like, dude, Nick Nurse can coach circles around Doc Rivers. So uh, I, I'm I'm kind of expecting the Raptors to beat the six, the Sixers mm-hmm. in that series. 
um, you know, because hashtag hardened choke artist. Um, <laughs> you, That's not a hashtag. <laughs> I can hashtag anything I want, Dave. Fair point. Fair point. I don't. Do you see any? Do you see Fair. any Twitter police behind me? Fair no. point, sir. No, no. I'm, I'm right. in the comfort and safety of my own home, and if I say <laughs> hashtag choke artist. Then that's what that's I what say. it is. Yes, sir. Um, yes, sir. But I'm glad that Lakita <laughs> brought up Wolves Grizzlies because, like, look, do, do I see Minnesota upsetting Memphis in this series? No, I don't. Mm. I do think it could be a series yeah. because this T Wolves team is, whew, yeah. they are they are balls out heading into this playoff series, <laughs> and there was already some beef between Minnesota and and Memphis earlier this season. Pat Bev talking his shit after one of those regular season meetings. And has there been a team this season louder, you know, chest poundier from start to finish than this young Memphis team? Word. Like, I, I, I'm I, not picking an upset. I'm picking it as the I will be tuned into every one of those games mm -hmm. because who knows what we're going to see. But I mm -hmm. guarantee you in at least one moment in one of these games, shit's going to get wild. Yes. Agreed. <laughs> Completely agree. Completely well, agree. Yeah. I can't wait for that. Yeah. I'm going <laughs> to yeah. piggyback off your point, Matt. Uh, the Patrick Beverly John Morant matchup, I'm really looking forward to that because the, even though this will be technically John Morant's second playoff run because they went last year and lost to Utah Jazz in five, uh, Patrick Beverly, we all know that he can get in anybody's chest, and John Morant is, is going to have to step up to the challenge. But I like the way Memphis is playing uh, 1 through 12. Their head coach, he's going to win coach of the year. But uh, watch out for Desmond Bain. He, he, I think he's mm. really going to have a, a surprising mm. series. I really do. I want this series to go 7, but I think Memphis is going uh, to lose in 6. So I have uh, – Memphis is going to win in 6, rather. But Minnesota is going to win a game at home. Don't be surprised if they still won these first two games. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens either. So I have Memphis in six. And on the on the Eastern Conference side, I'm really looking forward to that Boston-Brooklyn series. I know Boston's been playing well right before the All-Star break and picked it up thereafter. Jason Tatum is a top 10 player this league. You still have Jalen Brown. You have still have Marcus Smart, R.I.P. Tom Heinsohn. But <laughs> on the flip side for Brooklyn, most of their guys, i.e. Durant and Kyrie, are fresh. And there's no excuse for them to put up a fight against this Boston team in this series. I think Boston, they're good, but they're overrated. It's not like they can't be beat. Mm. I got Brooklyn in seven. Ooh, okay. Uh, that one right okay. there, Steve. Come on. Uh, I'm rolling with Boston, man. I'm rolling with Boston. They, they chose Brooklyn. They could have tanked their last regular season game, True. and they chose not to because they, they would have rather played Kyrie and KD then go to Toronto, which, of course, you know, for them also, as Josh mentioned with Dybul, would have meant yeah. guys sitting because we, yeah. we know that yes. certain guys on that Celtics oh, yeah. team aren't vaccinated. Um, but the Celtics looked like the best team in the NBA for the last month and a half of the season. They, they were like three games under 500 in the first week of January. And then mm -hmm. they just, just went on an absolute tear. Um, you know, obviously, if they do have to play this first round with with uh, without Williams, it will be tougher for them. But I still think they can co can collectively do it. Um, and if they get him back, if they get past Brooklyn, to me, that's their toughest test. And then it's smooth sailing all the way to the finals. So I do think Brooklyn can present a challenge, but Boston's the better team top to bottom, in my opinion. They just are. Mm. Uh, yeah, I I feel like I think I would sit on the with the Brooklyn. I think I, I'm going to say Brooklyn in seven only because I feel like I think the experience and, and such with Brooklyn, I think 
you know, Katie feels like this might be one of his last shots to perhaps maybe go far in the playoffs and perhaps maybe, you know, contend for a title. So I'm thinking Brooklyn in seven, and that should that's probably going to be the series, you know, probably from the East, I, I feel like. Other, other than Sixers and Raptors, I actually had the Raptors win in six because I don't trust the – Trust the Sixers, you know, go figure <laughs> on, on on that front. As for the West, I'm surprised. Has anybody talked about uh, Mavs and Jazz? I know that uh, it looks like Luka's going to miss the first two games because of that calf injury. Yeah. So, what do you guys think about perhaps maybe that's where that series is going to go? Because I think this is definitely could go either way. I would be surprised if the Jazz somehow win this series, especially with Luka going to miss the first couple. What's the point of me watching if Luka can't play? <laughs> that's, true. that's true. That's true. Josh. That's true. Luca can't play. What's the point? I mean, I was. I will say this. I will say this. Obviously, Luca is the star of the, of the Dallas Mavericks. So obviously, mm-hmm. he's the star attraction you want to see. I want to see a Luca Doncic versus Donovan Mitchell matchup. That's just me. Mm-hmm. I want to see those two all stars go at it. But must admit, Spencer Dinwiddie has stepped up in a major way for this team since he's been since he's been acquired, and mm-hmm. he has been the go to person. Uh, when it's, when things break down offensively, especially when Luca is struggling, he ain't getting it going. Spencer Dinwiddie's been the guy down the stretch to go to, and he has delivered. So now you're in a position where Dinwiddie's role has is now going to be expanded because of the uh, absence of Luca Doncic. So I'm interested to see how he's going to step up for this Dallas Mavericks team as they prepare for the Utah Jazz. But it, Utah Jazz or Utah Jazz, it's just another version of a younger Spurs team. You're just going to mm-hmm. move the ball around. You got your best scores in the best positions, and they select and choose where the, the best shots for them. And Donovan Mitchell is going to be Donovan Mitchell, but you also got guys like Mike Conley that's going to step up, who has been shooting uh, great as a late in the three point uh, three point shot. So it's not it's not as exciting of a series, let's put it that way, that people are going to want to tune into. But it's still a good, basically fundamentally sound matchup, considering that you have those components and other factors that now have to be. Shined on, shined upon even more because the the probably the biggest star of the game of that series is going to be out for at least game one, and it looks like a, I think uh, either Sean somebody just reported uh, while we we're on the show that Luke yeah, was going to miss game two Luke most likely. Yep. So mm-hmm. without with them missing both games, mm-hmm. yeah, Spencer then we got to step up, and I want to see how he steps up in that leadership role. Um, cause I'm pretty sure he would probably do a better job than Christos Porzingis, which is why they got rid of him. So, <laughs> you know, we'll see how that goes. I'm looking for, I'll be looking forward to that considering that now Luca is going to be missing half of the series. Yeah. Matt. I mean, I had Dallas winning that series comfortably when we all thought Luca was fine before Luca hurt himself in the last regular season game, which ended up not mattering for Dallas. Um, right. uh, which, you know, Shout out to our, our pal Sabine from Outsiders, who's also a pretty diehard mm-hmm. Mavs fan. I like when I saw that news, I was like, oh my God, I am crushed for Mavs fans right now mm-hmm. because he got hurt in a game he didn't need to play. Um, now, because like I, I, I had Mavs comfortably because, yeah, okay, Mitchell and Gobert, whatever. The Jazz have been falling apart. Like, mm-hmm. and, and they can say that they're ignoring all these headlines that keep coming out year after year, month after month. Mitchell and Gobert, there's a locker room problem. Quinn Snyder's kind of losing these guys. But, I mean, how many bad, bad losses did they have in the back half of the season, including how many fourth quarter leads did they choke up? Like, dozens of them? Mm. I'm sorry, that's not a team you want to feel good picking in a best-of-seven series. So, now that there's this issue of Luka missing game one and also maybe game two, I'm not as confident in that. 
And even still, assuming he comes back and can play the series from game three on, I still like Dallas. Um, you know, as you mentioned, Dinwiddie, huge addition. He's been massive for them. The The Mavs role players have started to step up and finally give Luka a little bit of help. And to me, the, the, that Jazz team has the feeling of a team that's already ready to pack it in and disassemble that team this offseason. I think one or both of those guys are getting moved this offseason because the Jazz yeah. are just not good enough to really compete with the top of the top in the West, and they know it. And they're going to come in and play this playoff series like they know it, and that, that and they're about to break up. Oh, wow, Dave. So you ready for that Gobert talk, Matt? Are you ready for that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did I tell you that the Bulls are getting Rudy Gobert for Vooch and Kobe this offseason? I'll take it. that's happening, according to some uh, – Interesting people on both. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> so well, that well, that it's or so AD, kind. I think that's another that's another interesting one there as well. We oh yeah, one or the other, yeah. one or the other. But either way, yeah, it's going to be Vooch and Kobe that net that player for sure. Oh yeah, no question about it. No other team has any other players they could give them. No, that's it. <laughs> yeah, this that trade was go. successful. Yeah, <laughs> sure, exactly. <laughs> oh man, Dave, Dave, but, what um, about you? How do you feel about that, the Mavs Jazz? That series for me is still interesting, even though Luca's gone. Because one, Luca's gonna come back. Like he he's gonna play. Like as beat up as he gets, that's a tough dude. You know what I mean? Luca is a tough guy. He he's gonna play in that series. He's too competitive and too tough of a player not to come back for at least one or two of those games. Um, but Jason Kidd hasn't gotten the recognition I think he deserved for how he's coached this season. That team was not thought to have any kind of defense at all coming into the year. And they didn't get a defensive stalwart or anything like that. They just got Jason Kidd. That's really all that happened. And all of a sudden, this team is one of the tops in the league in defense, which is I don't think anybody had that on their board, that they would be one of the best defensive teams in the league. So defense can hold you down while your star player is out like that. And again, it's not like Luca was your <laughs> defensive guy or anything mm. like that. So you can still be held down and maybe steal a game. And having Spencer Dinwiddie on that team is huge as mm -hmm. well because that dude is ice cold. You saw him, uh, what he did in Brooklyn. You know what I mean? Actually, like back-to-back -back games, he did it, uh, hitting game-winning shots uh, for that team. And he's a cold-blooded dude. So that's going to be key. And and now he gets to run that point guard position, you know what I'm saying, where, you know, it's where he is comfortable at the most. So I think they're still formidable. On paper, Utah should – just run away with it but as matt said they their chemistry ain't there like it's just really not like they don't get along what was that really ignorant stat that they showed where donovan mitchell does not pass the ball to rudy gobert he passed gobert to him like nope. two three times <laughs> nope. the, during the season that's insane yep. i mean that's truly insane he's giving gobert that blankety treatment you feel yep. me like <laughs> going up going up and, baby he's going and up Joel, and Joel, yeah losing Joel Ingles definitely didn't help matters either because he was kind of like that that floor general and that facilitator so yeah that that definitely did not help help matters and, ex, and it exposed a lot of stuff that we're seeing right now unfortunately with the jazz that's a great point I don't think you're right that hasn't been discussed uh by many people about the loss of Ingles man but and, and the fact he'd probably be gone after the year anyway so mm -hmm. yeah it, that kind of leads you to if they go out in this first round it's going to be a dismantling uh, of this team, man. Well, it already uh, started. They contract, traded him. Like it, that. They, they, they I'm sorry, you're right. Portland, I'm sorry. Right at the deadline, they said yeah, they, right. they did. They did. Yeah, yeah. they you're did. Absolutely right. They are, you're absolutely right. So him being that first domino to fall, yeah. If they go out in this first round, 
you can expect some other ones to come with that. That should that should be really interesting uh going forward. But as far as winning that series, whoo, if Luca Luca comes back, I'm I'm not going against Dallas. Like I'll take Dallas in seven on in that one. I got Dallas in six, but I'll say this. If you're Utah, uh, there should be no excuse why you can't steal the first two games on the road. Mm. Or win at least one, if anything else. Win at least one of those first two games without Luka. It's there for you. But We'll see. Wrapping things up here with our illustrious NBA panel and our NBA playoff power hour here on Second City Sports on SportsZone Chicago. Sydney Brown, Lakina McGee, Josh Hicks, Big Dave Watson, and Matt Peck. All right, guys, uh, you don't have to do this at face value, but, you know, you can change. I'm sure once you guys do your, your respective shows on your other platforms and such, who do you guys have as of right now, April 15th, NBA Finals? Josh, I'll start with you. Ooh. Uh, NBA Finals. Um, Rematch. I'm going with Bucks and the, and the Suns. I'm going to do, do a rematch. On that, that the deer will be back. We just hope it doesn't get. I just hope it gets burned this time. I want the Suns to win it. Mm. Matt, uh, give me uh, uh, give me give me Boston Phoenix and Phoenix wins. Mm. Oh, okay, Dave. I so badly want to say Memphis because Matt knows I love John Morant so so. Yeah. Much. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I'm I'm gonna agree with Josh. I think it's gonna be a rematch uh between Milwaukee and Phoenix, and I'm gonna take the Bucks again. I, I kind of get I, Phoenix, man. Like they have to win this year. They just got to. Like Chris Paul yeah. has to win this year, dog. Or I don't know after that anymore. You know what I mean? But I don't see. Uh, I don't think they've made it gotten an answer for Giannis. Like, who's got an answer for that? Like, he can still drop 50 on you and get 16 rebounds. That that's still a thing. <laughs> that's still a thing, man. So I don't know. I think I hope it goes seven. I hope it's close and everything like that. Um, the basketball numbers and all that say it should be Phoenix. Um, but the title that's sitting in Milwaukee says <laughs> it's, it's it's Milwaukee. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with Milwaukee, man. But yeah, it, it should be fun though. I'll tell you that. Joy Taylor from Fox Sports 1 and Fox Sports Radio stole my pick. She had it on the air first, but uh, this I had this pick originally a couple of days ago. I have Phoenix coming out of the West, and I have the Miami Heat coming out of the East. Phoenix takes the title in seven. They're motivated for what happened last year. Mm, mm. Use, look, well, both of you have stolen my uh, my thunder with that one. I, I, I also have both, both number one Cs. I have the Suns. And the Heat, and yeah, I'm also going to pick the Suns. I'm not going to do it in six, though. I, I think the Suns are determined. I think, you know, CP3 is going to be in that mindset where if not now, when, you know, mentality. Mm-hmm. So I'm picking the Suns yeah. to win it all. And I got, you know, the Suns and Heat in the NBA Finals. Yeah. I, and we will get, oh, we'll get a Warriors-Suns Western Conference Finals, and that, that series will go seven. That yeah. would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. CP3, okay. Yeah. Revenge series for CP3. I bet if. If if the Bucks don't go to the finals, then I got Phoenix winning it all but against anybody. Like if they don't go, if it ain't the Bucks, I got Phoenix winning everything. And lo- low key, if Steph, Clay, and Dre are all fine, 
Don't count out the Warriors, even against Oh, Phoenix. no, never. Not at all. Not at all. But, again, the consistency has to be there, and they haven't been consistently playing together, too, and Draymond's been in and out. So that's the only reason why I don't have – I have the Warriors going to the semifinals, the Western Conference semifinals, but I don't think they'd go any further, especially without the consistency. But that's just – plant diet shall reign. <laughs> get him, Matt. 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 I, some people are beyond help. All right. <laughs> you want to you want to spend your days, waste your days living a plant based diet? That's entirely your choice, but you're missing out. <laughs> plus, the pescatia diet that's probably get a little bit of everything too. So go with like, that particular diet. Pescatarian baby. Yeah, it, I actually have uh, Heat and Bucks and have the, the Heat win in seven in the Eastern Conference Finals. Mm, mm. So. Uh, yeah, I don't think the Heat have any. Uh, again, it just comes down to Giannis for me. Like, I don't think the, the Heat have anything for him. And plus, you know, I'm just not picking the Heat. Like, you should just know that. Like, I'm just not going to do that. Can't but, do it. Yeah, but <laughs> basketball terms, it's just that when you get there and you win, it's the difference between getting there and winning and getting there and not, you know what I'm saying, getting the title. Sometimes it can make you more hungrier when you lose. You know what I mean? Like Phoenix. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it just make them way more hungrier. But Miami is different because – they weren't that young of a team, you know, when they went. So it's more miles that's been put on them, which why they came out, you know, and was out of there in that first round that, that last time, I think. But the Bucks going and winning, it just made them super hungry and smart. It made them much smarter with how they approached the game. You watch how they approached the season. They didn't ramp up everything until the end. And everybody got healthy right at the end of the season, man. I'm telling you, that was a plan. They, they got smarter and they got better. And they're going to be scary. And praying for my bulls like <laughs> it'll be scary <laughs> just win one i think i think as long as you win all the bulls on, win Josh. one that'll just win one i guess <laughs> just one that's it i just need just one. one and we're gonna act like minnesota up in here like dave you said it yourself yeah, that's yeah, because yeah. that's a fan base that's never been there and never won jack <laughs> bulls fans have six True. titles yeah. I, and you know sure, oh, yeah. a younger a younger part of the fan base doesn't even remember that or didn't even live through that but anybody who grew up on, on those it, yeah. titles who celebrates one win in a first round series nah yeah. i ain't cool with that no, <laughs> I'm gonna be happy they won one. I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna go full Minnesota on you, but I'm gonna be happy. No, <laughs> no, no, we're not. <laughs> no, 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 jerseys off. No, 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 like that. We'll just no, you never want to go full we'll, Minnesota. Says yeah. says the guy who's always defending Pat Bev. Oh, he's from always. Chicago. I have to rock with him. I don't go against the hometown, Matt. That is. You know how many dumb people are from town, Chicago? So. Plenty you of know. them. Hey, man. I don't get... He's in the playoffs every year. Why am I going against him? Like he's there every year. If he was here on the team, you would love him, and you know it. He'd be one of your favorite players immediately. All that grinding he does and getting on people's nerves—that's that, the people you Dude, love. No, no, he's he's more Lance Stevenson than Joe Keem. All right, there's a very fine line there. And Pat Bev is more Lance Stevenson no. than Joakim, and it's not close. No, you're going to like the aggression. You're going to like him diving on the floor. You're going to like him getting on people's nerves. You, you're going to like it. You'll like he's, it. He, he's going like to push it. it too far, doing his crazy shit nonsense against Memphis, mm-hmm. it's, and it's going to cost him a game or two yeah. or three. Yeah, and he's going, to, he's going against the goon squad. Like, they got a bunch of Patrick Beverly's in Memphis, man. Like, starting with John Morant, my guy. Like, so, so yeah, it's <laughs> – he can't run that on them, yeah, man. Them boys are looking forward to that. Well, like, when the refs have to eject somebody, who are they ejecting? Ja or Pat Bev? Because guess what? <laughs> See you later, Pat. Bye, Pat. 
like that, yeah, like that last regular season game where he got, of course, right. he would get ejected. Okay, of course, of course, of course. course. <laughs> 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 okay, real quick though, who wins? Who you guys think wins MVP? Jokic. <sighs> Part of me just wants to say the field right now. Like, I'm, it's so hard. I said Embiid early on, um, but man, I could be swayed to Luca. I really could. He's been absolutely incredible. So I'll say one of them. I'll say either Embiid or, or Luca. I'll take one ja, of them. Ja. Probably Embiid or Jokic. Hmm. Also in B too, but I think the person who should have gotten more votes and we'll see the results down the road is Devin Booker from Phoenix. Mm. He stepped it up, especially mm. after Chris Paul's injury. He yeah. did. He did. He's he played been, very, yeah. very well. That's very yeah. true. That's very He'll true. He'll definitely finish top five, I think. Top four yeah. or five, I yeah. think Booker will. But I I think yeah. Uh, I've been going back and forth between Embiid and Jokic. You can make a case for both, but uh, I'll, yeah. I'll choose Embiid, but I wouldn't be surprised if Jokic goes back to back. But hey, would I'm you really give it to his team that uh, talking about Jokic? You would really give it to a team that finished sixth in the Western Conference? You never know. Oh, get him, Matt! Come on, Matt! You, you, know, <laughs> you know what people are thinking, though. That's the thing. I, this is the dumbest argument ever. I'm sorry. I, I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been telling Dave how dumb this are because he's he's spouting the same nonsense for weeks now. So, oh well, well look look at look at what Jokic's team seed is, and I'm sorry I can't mm-hmm. vote for an MVP to finish this as a six seed. It's Whereas, not an like, MVP; oh, it's a back to back MVP. That's the difference. I can what, take what an is, MVP. What does last year have to do with it? This everything. Nobody, nobody you can't win it twice and be worse. Last season when they're bro, you can't win it and be worse. I'm sorry, you can't win it twice and be worse. Sorry, the, last season has nothing to do with it. Who's the best? That's everything to do with it this season. It has the, everything. The numbers, the numbers all say Jokic, and you're really no, like, oh, well, it's nice. six seed. Okay, guess what? Back Embiid, to back MVP. Embiid is four. What seeds? Do you know matter. in the history? <laughs> no, it matters. Look at the history of back to back MVPs and tell me that don't matter. That matters. I'm sorry. If you start your sentence with back to backs, this or that, it's going in this year and out the other because that makes no sense. I could have started it with anything and it was going in one ear no, and out the other. That's not true. <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> Get out of here. Back to back, it has nothing to do with how people should have on this look, season's MVP. It does. Oh my it God, it does. does not. It absolutely does. I think not. Drake would oppose you because he's the <laughs> king of back to back. So I, I think he, he might be, you know, he might have a little say on that back to back thing. You might say you're going with, tri- with Twitter fingers right now, bro. I'm sorry. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. Does does the MVP trophy say 2020, 2021, 2021, 2022 MVP? Or does it say 21, 22 MVP? Just break what down the hell the are we talking back, about here? Break down the history of back to back MVPs, though. You cannot have that kind of season in your – if he had his first one and did it like I, I wouldn't even trip. This was his first one. I wouldn't say anything. When you're back to back MVP, you have to at least win 50 games. At least win 50 games, dog. In the history of the NBA, no back to back MVP has never not won 50 games that's, in one of those seasons. That's such ever. A nonsense, Demar. Ever. So, so because they had 48, and because Embiid had 51 yes. in a weaker conference. Yes. To Embiid. <laughs> yes. That's not the wins matter. Three, games, three, three games. Three I don't wins care if one is all the difference. The wins you. matter. That's 16 matters, sir. It matters. You ain't got to like it. But it matters. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. 
<laughs> Russ would have had three, three, three MVPs if we wanted to go by that route by Batman. Just saying, Russ would have had at least three MVPs because he was topping triple double years. Dude, and that's the reason he didn't get it the second. They're like, well, dude, you wasn't winning. Like, they yeah. can't give it yeah, to you again. Yeah. You not winning. That's true. Yeah. You got to give him 50 wins. There's a difference between not winning and, you know, being the sixth seed in an insanely competitive Western Conference. They, oh. it, they, they weren't a losing team. They had a winning record. You have and to he give them by far and away the highest metrics of individual influence on winning of any player in the NBA. <laughs> Again, my God. You oh, have but, to give them but, winning, though. But Sorry. Or six seed or fifth seed. It matters. Sorry, it matters. No Can I home go court. enjoy my Friday now? You know, back to back. This no, no, you can't leave on that. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. And welcome to me and Matt's this world. Is, this, is our, <laughs> love it, this was supposed to be our off day. I, I know, right? I know, nonsense. right? I know, right? Thanks, Lakina. <laughs> hey, I apologize. <laughs> well, look, I'm glad we're still like in this liveliness here. Sid, you got anything to say before we disperse? <laughs> yeah, we just want to remind you guys that the NBA playoffs start tomorrow at noon on ESPN. Jazz, Mavericks, Philadelphia, Toronto, of course, Denver, and Golden State at night on Saturday night on ABC. Of course, Sunday you have Miami versus somebody on TNT at noon, followed by <laughs> Nets and Celtics on ABC at 2.30. Then, of course, our Bulls and the Bucks at 5.30. And, of course, uh, somebody versus Phoenix at 8 p.m. Of course, the playing games are tonight on ESPN. Check them out. We'd like to thank our illustrious panel for joining us today on Second City Sports to our Chicago Bulls NBA Power Hour, Joshua M. Hicks, from War Media and, a and from um, University of DePaul Sports Department um, Publication. Sorry, the name slipped my mind, but <laughs> also it's Matt Peck. Yeah, DePaul, yeah, thank you. Thank you, Lakina. That's why I have you here. And, of course, Big Dave Watson and Matt Peck from the CHGO <laughs> Chicago Bulls podcast. You can catch them before and after every Chicago Bulls playoff game. Uh, you can go to YouTube, just type in CHO underscore uh, Bulls. And you can follow them on social media. You'll get the links right there to catch their pre and post game shows. Also, they're joined by Will uh, Gottlieb. They, those three gentlemen do a great job as well. Thank you one and all for joining us here today. Uh, enjoy the playoffs. We'll have you guys on down the road. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. All right, y'all. Right, <laughs> <laughs> hey, enjoy the playoffs, baby. I'll give it to you. All right. All right. All right. See you guys. Stay safe. <laughs> the usual liveliness here that you guys get here on Second City Sports on Sports of Chicago. And it's just like, oh gosh, I I, I have I got a towel off and that was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah, so with all the stuff you know, going on, you know, we've got you know, got the course, you got the playoffs, you got you know, baseball. So, you know, look, spring is springing here. Well, actually, you know, unless you live outside here, it's a little bit cooler, but you know, with Easter coming up and such, you know, on Sunday, so a lot of great things happening in Easter weekend, so make sure you guys check out all the games and such. So, you know, on that note, you can follow me at Kenny McGee on the Twitter and at Kino Score McGee on the IG. You can follow your truly Sydney Brown on the Twitter in the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S I D K I D A zero. S I D K I D A zero. Looking is still recovering from. <laughs> Give me a second. I need a, I need a minute. Give me a minute. Go ahead. <laughs>
Also, you can follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Make sure you download that Sports on Chicago app. If you haven't missed this show or you just want to rewatch it and listen to it again, make sure you download that Sports on Chicago app. Just tap in Second City Sports. The latest episode is today, April 14th, and you'll re- you get to relive this all over again. If you want to catch the audio version of this podcast, Second City Sports, you do so by subscribing to War or Anchor. We're available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. And you can follow War Media on all social media platforms at WARR Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you very much for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. Yep. And make sure you tune into all the sporting events that is going on this weekend with baseball, NBA playoffs, Lakina. And of course, we have USFL for those of you that are mm-hmm. interested. So it's going to be an exciting viewing weekend of, of sports entertainment. Yeah, so, and it, look, I'm sure the weather's going to be a little bit iffy here in some parts of the country for Easter. So, uh, look, you got some games to check out. If, you know, your Easter plans fall through for whatever reason. Okay, so if you're not going to get vaccinated, you know, wear your mask, wash your hands, and be good to each other. This has been Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago, and we'll see you Monday. Enjoy the games, everybody. Go Socks, and I guess go Bulls. At least win one game, please, please. Just one. Just one. That's all we ask. <laughs> Till Monday. Holla!